I'll do it. All right, you'll do it. Yeah. We make sure we're private. Cool. Probably should have done that before we start recording. Give you guys a classic Ben Magnum intro. Indiana! Get from hell, Indiana Jones! A long time ago, in the history of adventure filmmaking, one name stands out above the rest. Indiana Jones. And of course, we couldn't let the last, maybe, we'll say <laughs> Indiana Jones film come to pass without doing a complete revisitation and rewatch of the original Indiana Jones films and talking about them. So of course, we're here today on Cinephiles to do that. I am Sparks Woody and I am joined, of course, by Ryan Heliopolis. Part-time. <laughs> that's not in the discussion i don't know why it's like my favorite line. it's not even it's, it's, so it's not even in the movie either like the way they like the way they cut the movie is a different take of that line it that's baffles why. me every single I remember time it forever and the voice uh you just heard right now is brandon t mcclure we spare no expense i appreciate that i, I appreciate you thank you yeah and of course uh ben magnet who I'll, could not uh, muster up an intro for this episode, so I took up the responsibilities in classic magnet fashion. You you did, and I applaud you. And I will not lie, uh, watching the or watch watching Temple of Doom last night and re getting reacquainted with Indiana Jones really makes me miss my Indiana Jones hat I bought from Disneyland when I was in like when I graduated or when I promoted from middle school to high school. This hat, mm. I'm wearing it, Ben. Uh, you bastard, you it's stole like, my hat. It was my background. <laughs> oh, you got me. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just, I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> <love> that shit. <laughs> Audio I listeners. That shit. Uh, so, oh, I'm sorry, Ben. If you want to say you bought that no, shit. No, no, no. I was going to say I just bought it from Disneyland. I missed that shit. I still have mine from Disneyland. Nice. Yeah. Um, maybe you'll see it on the next time we record one of these. Um, all right. Hi, guys. Uh, I love Indiana Jones. I'm so excited to be here. Are you all ready to see Brandon in a way you've never seen him before? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be that bad. I promise. <laughs> not yet. Well, we haven't. So we haven't. Um, what's so great about, about, about this show is that we decided probably a long time ago that if a new installment of a franchise comes out um, and we haven't talked about the previous installments, we will talk about all of the previous installments to make up for that mistake. Um, so we are doing that now because no Indiana Jones film has released in the time that we've done the podcast. So it's time. Sure. Yeah, there and, hasn't been an Indiana Jones film since the late 80s. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> and definitely a bunch of white dudes have snout sat around on a podcast talked about Indiana Jones before. No, no I'll never. say that for sure. Fresh, oh. fresh, <laughs> fresh content. But we haven't. And that's untread, the important thing. Untread material here. No, we did do a fun movie trivia challenge, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. We did. We did do we an did. Indiana Jones movie trivia I mean, challenge. I'm, that may or may not have found its way into our YouTube channel in some fashion around this time. So, you know, look around. Yeah. Um, so let's, so we're going to be talking about uh, the first two only. We're not going to talk about the rest of the franchise. We're, we, we wisely decided to split these up um, after doing so many of these. Um, so we're going to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Do you, now, do you all remember when we did all the Terminators at once? Ooh, what a mistake. <laughs> See, here's the great thing. Here's the great thing about uh, Hollywood and cynicism. We'll get another one in a couple of years. So we can just like, if we want to dive deep into the ones that are really good. Crack like Terminator, babies back open. Like Terminator Dark Fate, because that movie doesn't get enough love. That's true. Uh, we also did the Predator films all in one episode. Yeah, but it's less meat on those 
Those yeah. are true. I think those are just those are just fun movies. We did that for the Predator. Uh, we did that before Prey came out. Oh my god! Uh, two. Wow. Two. And uh, Alien, we split up, and we did actually we did those in continuity order. We did Prometheus and Alien: Isolation first. And because of that, that was the first time I ever saw Aliens. Oh right. Yeah, I've never sometimes, seen Alien. Sometimes the franchises are here to help Ben get caught up on cinema history. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, they are. They are. So we're going to be talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark, now titled Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. So yeah. let's start with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Let's get going. What do we think about this one? Hey, would you, would you believe this is a good movie? <laughs> hey, would you believe 40 years later we're still talking about it? Hey, would you believe that every time someone says adventure film, this is the first film that pops in my head because this was like the adventure film and also probably one of the ways I got really into Egyptology as a kid? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It. I mean, anytime I hear Indiana Jones goes to Egypt, I instantly go, "Hell yeah, we're raiding tombs. Let's go." Should watch Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Yes, Sparks. This movie is brilliant and fun, and I love it. And for the first time ever, I noticed flaws. Oh yeah. And like, but in a way where I'm like, oh, look at those flaws. Those are charming (laughs) flaws. Like, just. You guys were so young. Your filmmaking talents were still, you know, you were still figuring everything out. It's okay. I have, because like, I honestly, I don't have much new to say about this movie that hasn't been said before. I like this movie a lot. We'll talk about all the great things in it. I have a bunch of trivia uh, uh, that some, we probably all know, but the people at home don't know. So I'm just going to be throwing out fun trivia facts the whole the whole episode. I love it. Yeah. Uh, the movie is incredible. Um, I, this, this is... I really love Indiana Jones, as I mentioned up top. He's one of my favorite, probably my favorite cinematic character. Um, I'd really have to kind of like think about that, but I'm confident to say he's at least one of them. Um, but I, uh, I really love this movie. I love Marion and Indy. Uh, I think they're a great couple. Um, problematic, problematic aspects in their past aside. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think this is a, a great that effort. line where she says, I was a child. Yeah, that one. Um, hey, don't read the novelization because I go more into it. Oh boy, I almost picked up the novelization. Barnes and Noble has a has a beautiful like leather bound uh, 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 hardcover of of like you know one of those exclusives with like new art and things like that. And I was like, oh, are these like different Indiana Jones stories? And it's just the novelizations of the three movies. And yeah. I was like, oh. at the end of the credits for the every movie, it says novelization by whoever the company was. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. nice of them. Yeah um sparks though yeah what's up you said for the first time ever you noticed flaws i did i feel like that's a nice place to start okay so where do, where do you where, so so name one do hey it guys, name you one know the editing on this movie is actually not that good no it's not i know <laughs> which is kind of shocking yeah um this is the first time i really watched it was like paying attention to that aspect in particular i was like wow said it's actually kind of bad <laughs> which is pretty surprising but what an incredible movie it's interesting because like this movie is this movie is so good a lot of the a lot of the reason is because uh, it's a film of its time obviously like there's this is very much like you know Spielberg and Lucas they're way younger at this point um they're uh, i think i think Spielberg had just done close encounters um, so he's done he did Jaws, and then he did 1941, which was a flop, and then he yeah. did Close Encounters of the Third Time, uh, and then, and then he did the Raiders. Uh, here's some fun fact I'm going to sprinkle in: uh, his last two movies, 
uh, went over budget and it was overscheduled and it was a disaster making all those movies. So this movie, he was like, I'm not doing it the same way. I'm doing it cheap. This movie costs 18 million dollars, which if you look at it, look, this is a great looking movie for a very for considerably low budget. Um, I am not going to do 45 takes. I'm doing a couple takes uh, uh, no matter what. So I hope my actors can get it because I I refuse to be that director that I used to be like he he deliberately only did a few takes. And luckily we got great stars. Uh, but like he was he was very fast and loose on this movie. Um, and I think I think the editing is one of the things where like that the editing could have saved it, too, as choppy as it is. But like he made this movie very quick. And that just shows how talented yeah. he is that he got a banger out of it. One of the greatest yeah. bangers of all time. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting thing to, to note because what well, you just said there, because this would this would be his the way he makes movies from now on. Right. He's every movie he does. He's under budget. He's early. uh He's he's like on it every single time. You hear about it all the time. How Jurassic Park was under budget. How uh, 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 what was the Schindler's List was under budget. Things like that were all Ready Player that. One. Ready Player later One later in his career. Oh, Ready <laughs> Player One. Okay, okay, okay. Ready Player One was probably made was probably not under budget, but would probably like hit the budget. The, the more that time passes, and I think about the fact that Steel, Steven Spielberg directed that movie, the more I'm like, that feels like a movie that was just like 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 the whole framework of it was set up and then they just inserted a director into it yeah it happened to be spielberg <laughs> yeah and like uh, i it, it it honestly boggles my mind that he made that movie it is super it is it, interesting as hell it's still it's still yeah it boggles my i love that movie it still freaks me out it's like holy shit spielberg you love that this. movie you love that movie i still yes. i still really love allowed can you just as of right now as of now, it's the only movie that has a, like a live action Gundam in it. So until the live action Gundam movie comes out, I'll give him that. You know what? It's not. So. It's 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 no longer the only movie with an American Mechagodzilla. Look, look. Thanks, I Godzilla admit, I admit, the first time I saw the Lego Movie, I was like, "What if all these franchises could do this in live action?" But you know, I didn't. Live action, live action, really, live action. I mean, is Avatar live action? Live action. Mm, fair. Fair point. You got me. Yeah. Well done. Um, <laughs> Lion King two live action. What is, wait, hold on. I don't want to talk about it for a long time. Do they is that do they call that an animated movie or is that a live action movie? It's a live action movie. It's technically it's technically one of their their live action reimaginings. Okay, that's yeah. what they label it. I, that's there was one shot. There's one frame of non digital footage in that movie. Yep. Uh, that's when the oh, sun yeah, comes the, up, correct? The tree or whatever. That's the sun. That's the first yeah. room of, of the sun. Yeah. I don't know. I saw the pixels. <laughs> anyway, you <laughs> were right. pixels in this original sun in 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, Raider, Raiders, Sparks is, Sparks is right. It's, it's really interesting how kind of like this film is as good as it is, despite the flaws that were even probably then they were, they were not necessarily seen as much because of the uh, just the way films were made at the time but go ahead what what stood out to me this time was just because i i it's been a long long time since i watched the jones films this close to each other and certainly i wasn't as film brained as i am now mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. having like studied stuff and all that and I just didn't notice how much more polished Temple of Doom looks. Oh yeah, dude. As a film. Oh yeah. Like it just is a more polished movie. Um, you can feel the amount of crew and thought and panache into every bit, which isn't to say, sounds like I'm putting Raiders down. It's not to say no. that Raiders doesn't have a lot of thought and hard work put into it. 
Um, but it is like, you know, what Ryan was saying, like, you know, made cheaper. It's made, a scrappy made movie. Quicker. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, it feels, it feels down and dirty and independent in a way that. Independent? Temple, <laughs> Temple of Doom does not. Temple of Doom feels like blockbuster filmmaking and, and Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of feels like an indie that happened to do incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it's striking how, how clear that difference was. Ben. Did you want to you look like you're about to say something? Uh, I think I had a thought or it was starting a thought, but I forgot about it. I think I saw that thought form in your head and was just like, Ben, say the thought. And you're like, no. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Um, Raiders is uh, such an interesting one because um, when you when you look at kind of the scope of it, um, and it feels like it's a big scope, but then when you kind of like look at, you know, this kind of, uh, 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 either you were, Sparks said, "Ryan, um, scrappy filmmaking um, that that it really was." Um, and it's, but a lot of that has to do, I think, with like the script. It's got a very good script from Lawrence, from Lawrence Kasdan, um, who at this point came off of Empire, um, mm-hmm. and he he is. I mean, so the script really like carries the characters and and allows the characters to become incredibly likable with really good chemistry and and it we enter Indiana Jones in a fully realized world um from the fr- from the first frame and i think that really kind of carries the movie through its scrappiness yeah i love um I mean, it's it is the, it is the template for for you know Terminator, Uncharted, like like things that I that I also grew up on of like throwing us in instead of having it be at the origin. Like this yeah. isn't Indiana Jones's first adventure. This is like his hundredth adventure. Mm-hmm. This dude knows what he's doing. He's actually watching these back to back. I didn't watch Raiders uh, uh, totally, uh, but but both both those movies, Indiana Jones is kind of bad at a lot of the things he does. Like he's he that's what I like about him. He's a very fallible character. Like he's not perfect. Like uh, first uh, they didn't want. Harrison Ford for Indiana Jones like George Lucas specifically didn't want him because he didn't want to be because uh, he was Han Solo and he'd be like I don't want I don't want him to be like my guy like you know I don't want it to seem like I'm favoring him or anything he didn't like want that. a Bruce Campbell he didn't want a Bruce Campbell he didn't want you know like the Johnny Depp <clears throat> uh, 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 Tim Burton thing right like he's like I want to kind of do my own thing be separated from every artist I work with uh, Tom Selleck was casted uh, there's a there's a screen test you can watch he's he's not great uh where we're indie no he really isn't he really is not good harrison ford is very charming and even when he's like flawed he's very likable whereas like the screen test with with uh Selleck, he's kind of just like disarming and kind of like like scary uh like in scenes where it's very very different to harrison ford you're like oh yeah it just totally doesn't work so like uh he had magnum pi or whatever and he made like a billion like billions he made millions of dollars he did that show for so many years um so like he did fine everyone was fine better off uh just interesting that like he, they were anti Harrison Ford and then he tested for it and they were like, damn, he's pretty good. Yeah. A lot of that, that screen test that you talk about, that's the, um, it's the scene in the bar um, that they screen tested for. And Selleck has this kind of overbearing dadness about him when it comes to his, his chemistry with Marion. And that's, that makes that line. I was, yeah, that makes that line. Like I, I was a child and way creepier. Um, yeah. yeah. Then you were, had your finger yeah. up this time of thought. Um, yeah, uh, I have. I actually have a thought this time. Um, what I guess one of the things I just wanted to like to touch up on the the point we made earlier about how this film is fully realized the second the first frame starts. Yeah. Like you get uh, passes through your logos, you're in the middle of the jungle, you see a dude in adventure gear, ready to go. No explanation, no prologue, no like ten thousand years ago, an ancient civilization put this sacred treasure, and now we have to fight it for reasons. None of that. It's in just. It's just a dude, 
a temple, traps, you get past the traps. And also to get and also um Ryan, your point about how Indiana Jones is flawed and flawed is and he's in and he's he's um fallible, he's he's not that good at a lot of things. I kind of like it that he gets punched. He's I not do, yeah. he's not Batman. It shows that he's he's human. It shows that yeah, this isn't his first rodeo, but at the same time, people he's he's a person who gets beat up every once in a while. He's a human, he's not a superhero. And exactly. I love that. I love that. I I think that I mean just as, if if I may gush for a little bit on on the opening scene just on the opening adventure essentially, that is in my personal opinion perfection of any adventure movie. It there's you're constantly curious what's going on. Like when he, they go in the temple and they say, stay out of the light and he shoot moves it. And the ancient trap with the spikes just comes out. It just makes your heart pump. The famous scene that's the, your background where he's trying to weigh the sand with the, with the golden idol. It's everything about getting Real quickly in about and- that. Have you guys noticed that alpha Molina is mimicking him? Mm-hmm. He's doing, mm-hmm. he's doing the fingers. And, he, and the, when he cuts back to him, he, he had done the, he had done the hand movement as to switch the idol. I don't think I noticed that, but I that's why. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just every bit about the first 15, 20 minutes of this movie, give or take, to me is sums up a perfect adventure story. And then yeah. we get into real meat of the bones. We get into what who Indiana Jones really is. He's a university professor. But even the fact that he's just a dude who likes to study things and he go and he's not well, I mean, in Temple of Doom, he talks about fortune and glory, but there's like a one line where he mentions he's a professor. But seeing him teach a class in in Raiders is like, oh shit, this guy does know his stuff. He knows the legends, and I love it so, so much. So I want to rewind you real quickly to the opening to the opening, uh, because one of the things that strikes me about the opening, and I've held on to this since I was a kid for watching this movie for the first time. We do not know he's a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah, and I think that's a it's a really interesting way to open your movie um, with your hero not knowing. We learn everything we need to know about Indiana Jones in that in the first twenty minutes. Um, but in the begin, in the very beginning, we are not sure if he is the bad guy of the movie or the good guy of the movie. And I like that. I think that's really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, uh, there is something to that because uh, he is he is uh, uh, he's dirty. You know, he's scrappy. He's got like he like, like he's been on adventures. He's dirty, right? Uh, and then when you meet uh, Belloc. Uh, that dude's sharply dressed in the, oh, yeah. the jungle, in the middle of the jungle. And you're like, damn, that dude's good at his job, I bet. <laughs> he ain't struggling like Indy over here. Uh, and and uh, just talk about how you learn everything about Indy in the first 20 minutes. Like, that is so true. That's what I love about, like, Ben, you are right about, like, like that is a perfect, like, that's a short film just right there mm-hmm. about, like, how Indiana Jones operates, how he thinks. Uh, he thinks he's smart enough. He waited properly. He didn't. He's not that smart. Uh, I love that. I love that. I, like, you see at the beginning, like, oh, this dude's not... He doesn't have it all together. I love it. It's just, it's, it's great filmmaking. Yeah. I know the trope of a lot of adventure movies is they think they get past the traps, but they trigger the traps anyway. And then they find some solution to get through it. Even though I know the trap is going to get triggered. I am always happy to see it get triggered. And I am always happy to see how they get out of that situation. It's just, I, I just love it when the, when the directors and the actors get creative of, of how they get out of things. There's a scene in temple of doom. I'll talk about later. But I just love I just love it how Indiana Jones knows there's traps, but also he screws up. I mean, how many times have people in popular culture met, um, homaged the rolling boulder mm-hmm. at, sure. in the in the beginning of um, Raiders? 
you know, what's so interesting about that is that, you know, we kind of in the, in the thing, in the thing where we're like, you know, before, before he screws up, we're, you know, he's kind of like, Oh, you know, he, he heard the gun. So he uses the whip to stop the guy from shooting him in the back. And then when we see him in the temple, he's like, don't get in the light. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't trigger this trap. Don't trigger that trap. He's very on it. He's very much like, and we even see his competitor who killed, who got killed because he wasn't smart enough to get through the trap, uh, to, to miss the trap of the light. And then, and so like he, and he makes it all the way through, he makes it all the way through the diamond, uh, the, the diamond traps. And then, and, and then he screws up. And I think that's real. And that's, I think that's really smart because we're, we're, we're learning so much. We're still learning about who this guy is. And we're like, Oh, he's a really smart guy. Oh my goodness. He's really, he's really intelligent. He can see these traps. He really knows what he's looking for. Oh, but he can still screw up. Mm-hmm. And that's the mm-hmm. important part. And that leads to a really iconic action sequence with the boulder, which is freaking yeah. phenomenal. Um, I, I don't want to mention the ride at Disneyland too much, but every time I see Raiders of the Lost Ark, it harkens me back to the Indiana Jones Adventure theme ride at Disneyland, where even just not just the ride itself, but even the queue going inside the attraction, like when you enter the Temple of the Forbidden Eye and you when you're walking in, you're seeing like um like that hallway with like the sign that says don't step on the diamond stones. And then you look up and you see that they put wedges in all the, in all the death traps, mm-hmm. just like stuff like that. I don't know why that every time I watch this and I think about going to the Disneyland ride, it's just like, man, Indiana Jones is freaking awesome. It's true. I thought Alpha Molina was Spanish for a long time because of this movie. <laughs> Yeah. I think I think hey man, you'll think, think a lot of white people are different things in these movies. Yeah, the eighties the eighties rough. Real quickly, not to talk about a movie that for a different show, but like real quickly, I thought Catherine Zeta Jones was Hispanic for a really long time, way longer I than I should have for a long time. <laughs> with the way her roles her roles went out, her agent was like, "I got it, girl. Don't worry." Yeah, I mean, maybe she's half Hispanic, half Welsh. We don't Damn, know. Crazy things have happened. <laughs> Sparks like uh, I don't think so. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think what's 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 so incredible about the um, about the opening intro is 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 exactly what we've been saying. It's like you know, it's a short film, um, and the movie could end there, but it doesn't. And and we're introduced to Belloc, who is um, I think a really effective antithesis to Indiana Jones. Um, that kind of uh, dark reflection that he calls himself. Um, I think that I think he works at, in that capacity, um, and a lot of franchises will wait to like the third film to introduce like a dark reflection of your mm-hmm. hero. But we get this in the first film to learn more about Indiana. We learn that Indiana could very easily cross the line and become much like Belloc, um, but he chooses not to because of reasons. To go on Belloc for a hot second, Ryan said something great earlier about how every time you see Belloc, he's very sharply dressed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier, but it's because Belloc is a dirty cheater. Mm-hmm. He always yeah. shows up to the jungle wearing the nicest clothes. He lets everyone else do the dirty work. Whereas Indiana Jones, he is the guy who was willing to get his hands dirty. You see him in the first shot. He's sweaty. His shirt's open. He's tired. Uh, even in the scene, and that's your backdrop. He's You can see the sweat constantly build on his face. It's like he's terrified and he's ready to get shit done belloc he looks nice he's waving himself with his hat and he's always joking about how he's one step ahead of Indiana jones that's it's like you suck i love how when we first see belloc and he after he takes the idol and it, you're just like sitting there going you cheating son of a bitch hey i hate you 
He got the idol though, didn't he? Look how look yeah, how easy he, that was for him. Man, what a he's so good at his job. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, f him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's, that's just like the the adventurer in me where I see some dude in a suit just come up and just take it out. It was like, well, screw you. He's a good bad guy. He's a good bad guy. I I think it's fun that he's French. I wish he was British. I feel like oh. you could get the colonizer taking antiquities yeah. narrative stronger if he mm. were British. Well, we were probably being too nice to the British at the time. We got a British bad guy in the next movie, though, so it's okay. That's true. That's okay. They make up for it. We were probably being too nice to the British at that time. You're right. <laughs> uh, well, because because you know we were this was this was like um, or this is common knowledge at this point, but um, this was an, an idea that Lucas and Spielberg had because they wanted to do an, a, a James Bond movie, um, and they are American and we'll never get to do a James Bond movie at the time. So yeah. they, they made They'll try their damnedest with the opening of Temple of Doom. Darn it. They, yeah. they certainly will. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they tried. Yeah. Um, and I, quick, I, um, yeah, go ahead. I didn't see uh, Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans, but uh, just upon, you know, uh, the trivia that I looked up, uh, uh, his parents dropped him off at movie theaters and he would just spend literally all day there watching all day watching like old school serials. Mm-hmm. Like they gave him some money and they would just drop him off. I don't know if that's shown in the movie at all. Is it? Is it? It's case? not. Damn, that movie's a fake. It's a phony. No, but um, he just would spend all day at the movies, like watching these types of things. So, like, um, you know, as it is, like you grow up loving the things, then you get to recreate or make the version of it that you want to. And I was like, that's really cool because this is like, like, man, this is like, like a damn good. Ver- this this is like a timeless movie. This is totally timeless forever. Yeah, I will just real quick. I will point out like the Fablemans is a long movie, yeah. and I think that they you get his film obsession and that he's seeing a lot of movies yeah. without them necessarily showing you like him going to the theater all the time, no, I all the time because joking. of like how things will show up. No, yeah. no, for sure. Uh, but um, what I was thinking, because you brought up the Fablemans is like thinking about the Fablemans and like, there's this film he makes for like a boy scout troop in yeah. the Fablemans yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, where he comes up with a lot of like really low budget ideas to use sand to effectively show like a fight happening in gunshots and all this kind of stuff. And um, and then like you look at Raiders and I'm like, these are some of those same tricks for sure. Mm-hmm. He's bringing some of those same tricks. Yeah, um, Spielberg. Uh, he this is this is a nostalgia movie, right? Like it, it's it's interesting. It's it's um for everybody that wasn't us that was that was alive at that time. Like you know, this was this was like their childhood. Yeah, forties, yeah. forties and fifties Star Wars being stuff, brought yeah. being brought into genre just as much as Star Wars was like a send up of like the Flash Gordon stuff. This was a send up of like the adventure films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I find that so fascinating looking back in time and seeing what was um, essentially what we're doing now with nostalgia traps and of our childhood coming back and kind of re- and kind of uh, populating pop culture. What happened then was a very similar situation in the eighties uh, when this movie came out with the, with the, with things going on in the fifties. Mm-hmm. And this movie is just kind of one of those, but, but, but Ryan is correct. Like this movie transcends that and becomes timeless, much like star Wars does. Yeah. 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 There, I feel like there's always a reason or there's always or not always there's always a lot of homages that directly um, link to raise the lost Ark. Uh, I had a point. Where was I going at this point? God damn it. <laughs> we were all kind of like, I realized like they, yes. he also took that from older movies too. Yeah. Like, yeah true. True. Very true. Very, like but I think, well, yeah, yeah. like what I think is, is valid in Ben's point is that like one of the reasons why I think it's so hard to get a good adventure movie after this, not that it never happens. Yeah. I would argue that the mummy 
uh, oh, yeah. the yeah, first two yeah. films are Hondo. exactly in the same uh, yeah. arena of like a good adventure film. So it mm-hmm. does happen, but is pirates most of the adventure people movie? are those adventure yeah, I would say so. so that's, I, would say I, know, I just don't know what that would actually be because it's so I many think, things. I think we think of what I'm thinking of is like the Jungle Explorer adventure film sure, sure, sure. and like Pirates is more the Errol Flynn swashbuckler adventure sure, film. Sure, sure. And mm-hmm. like, Jungle, I'm talking Jungle Cruise? Yes, that would be more okay. in the Raiders uh, arena. Okay. But like, uh, you want this explorer adventure generally like going to an exotic location and looking for something, temple esque, all that kind of stuff. And very rarely will contemporaries go and look at any other inspiration than Indiana Jones. And so Indiana Jones kind of permeates itself throughout yes. all of that genre because people won't go back the way Indy did to look at other things for source material, they'll only really look to Indiana Jones. Again, because look at Tomb Raider and Uncharted. Those are both movie franchises. Uh, uh, Tomb Raider having good examples, Uncharted having bad examples of like, hey, we're doing the Indiana Jones thing, but in a modern era and just not as good, um, which is, you know, it is it is a hard thing to balance, but like, you know, I'm so glad we I got think, a new one coming out. I think what's interesting about that is that... Um, you bring a brought up Jungle Cruise, and Jungle Cruise is, I think, a pretty a pretty good movie. I think it does suffer a lot, but Jungle Cruise is one of those examples that they do look at other adventure films outside of Indiana Jones. The um, African Queen is was a, I believe, is oh, the title, sure, 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 yeah. which is a which was a major influence on that movie, and mm-hmm. and they looked at Indiana Jones obviously and African Queen, mm-hmm. um, the one with Kurt Russell, the Diamond something, Romance in the Stone. Romancing the Stone, yeah, and so they they did look at those other films to to build Jungle Cruise, and I think that kind of allows Jungle Cruise to, well, not surpass other adventure films. It does put it above other attempts, I think. Yeah, it steps yeah. out of indie shadow. That's for it sure. steps out of indie indie shadow. Correct. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Also, one other thing, because we're talking about like a bunch, how a bunch of other films inspired Indiana Jones and a bunch of other or not genres, but essentially like stuff that Spielberg saw. I would. I would also make the argument that while Indiana Jones, people probably put it in the event action adventure section, it's an adventure with some action in it. Yeah, that's a good point. I would I would definitely say that because obviously you have Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean because we talked about uh, Black Pearl specifically. I would say that's action adventure. There's a lot of action. You go go on a little adventure. Yeah, that's rad. I would say Jungle Cruise is an adventure, but Indiana Jones, that's a true adventure. You go to like multiple locales. You go to multiple places looking for multiple things. And even though there's like great action set pieces, I always love the, I don't know why, but I really like the fight between Indiana Jones and the big German guy. Oh, know, sure. Pilot. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Classic fight. Yeah. I think but you're, I think to, you're right real quickly, real quickly, Ben, just to kind of reinforce your point. I think you're right. This film operates more as an adventure film than an action film, but you're, but it does have really good action set pieces. Um, and, and that's kind of what always appealed to me is the, the kind of um, uh, adventure first type of storytelling. This is. What's Sparks, I'm, just, I'm just processing what they're saying. Cause I don't know if I agree. I think that it's just as much equal adve- action as it is adventure. I get what you guys mean by like going to all the locations and exploring and stuff. And certainly that's a priority, but like action happens at almost every location. Action isn't just yeah, fighting true. and action can be a lot of other things too. So uh, I like a, a chase scene counts and like all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. e- there's a lot of action scenes in Indiana Jones. You know, you know what? Let me, let me rephrase my point. It, when you say adventure movie, First one that comes to mind sure. is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Sure. What do you I say? Action movie. Not not to dwell on this too much, but I think adventure definitely is more uh, like location based. Like going to a lot of locations. Like this can't that mm-hmm. this is an adventure movie, but like it's got a shit ton of action too. 
Yeah. Now that, that now I now what I was saying wasn't to wasn't to say there isn't a lot of action because there is and they're oh, yeah. and they're all great action set pieces that I, that I I, I want to talk about soon. But it, I deliberately said adventure first because I believe at the at the end of the day this film it, it puts the adventure before the action. It is meant to be an adventure that we go on with Indiana Jones both personally and heroically, um, and and the action is secondary to that. Um, that's not to say there is no action in this film. It's not, that's not to say that there isn't good action in this film. There's plenty of action. There's lots of action and it's all, and it's all good. I just think for me, for me, I just always felt it was adventure first. Yeah, that makes, that's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. But let's talk about the action. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Favorite action scene. Go. Oh, the car chase. Um, Which one? <laughs> the, the one where, where Indiana is chasing after Belloc. Uh, in the in the trucks when he has the arc. Okay. Does um fifty Nazis melting count as an action scene? Hmm. Because that's my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> everyone. That's there's an asterisk on there because that's everyone's favorite scene in the movie. Damn good scene. They had a very good scene. Um, when he shoots the swordsman. That's that, not an action scene. That's well, not. I don't want to say like the whole in, scene. If you want to say the whole scene, like the trying to find Marion, the chase yeah, and yeah. all that, plus that, yeah. sure. Not only is it not an action scene, that was going to be an action scene that got cut because Harrison Ford was sick. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I feel bad uh, for that that swordsman because he trained for three months, and on the day he was going to do his big movie premiere, he got shot. Harrison Ford was sick, so your role got cut, bro. That's so <laughs> sad for that man. Yeah, three months. Still like iconic bro. though. Absolutely, yeah. for the for completely different reasons. Yeah. yeah, um, but yeah, the the chase scene in Cairo is great. I love the chase scene where, where they're trying to get married, and of course the fight in the um the fight in the 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 bar air no the airbase. Mm-hmm. Oh, with you know, the with the big man. Yeah, yeah, where the Nazi gets um shredded. Fifteen. Yeah, that's a good one. German uh, Gouda, excuse me. Sparks' favorite action scene. It's probably the fight in the bar. Yeah, that's a good one. I love, I love, I love real quickly. I love how they use shadows in that bar scene, just all throughout. Um, obviously, there's the iconic shot of Indiana walking into the into the bar, and we see his silhouette, and then we get it again uh, with the Germans. Um, but like throughout, there's some great visual gags where you see where you see like uh, Indiana is pinned down by the by the guy and 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 the the Nazi goes shoot them both and they and you just see the shadow of the dude who's who's about to shoot them and he gets shot and you just see the shadow like oh uh, like I'll be I'll be real like my favorite is the the chase where he has the truck and he got to it on a horse and everything like that's that's the best action scene of the film I just wanted to give the bar some love. I love oh, the bar. I love the bar scene. Um uh I watched an interview from from set of Harrison Ford. Um it was like one of the one times he was going to be actually dragged behind a car or whatever. And the interviewer was like, "So, Harrison, what does it, what does it feel like to be dragged behind a car? What an interesting day on set." And he's like and he's just like, "Yeah, um I guess one of my many new useless skills I've learned in my career." <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly not happy about having to do this. He's just harnessed up like gonna be all day the stupid shit and i'm like thanks for doing it though it looks good it's not him there's, a lot but he does it a little bit there's this shot in the movie 
Um, and, and, the, and that chase scene, you know, when, when he's, when he's got, when he's got the car, he's, he's in the truck and he's got the Nazi out of there and he sees the, 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 the Nazis coming up the side and he just goes, ew, <laughs> and it just, that killed me the second time, this time I watched, I was like, just like the idea, like the, the these are bugs on a windshield. Ew. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Uh, man, speaking of, uh, killing, uh, Harrison Ford, uh, kills it. Uh, this dude, uh, oozes charisma like it's not like man from empire to this and then like when he became like a big movie star you know with like like the fugitive and all these movies like that dude is really good yeah and it makes me sad that for like 25 years he was like i don't care anymore but i'm like yeah he's back he's on the tv and he's back in indiana jones he's back he's 90 or whatever like harrison ford's got it like holy shit like he he he's so good in, in these movies man i genuinely wish he could have been the professor more whether it's in this movie or a different because he's like so kind of like he's like suave. He he's essentially two <laughs> different yeah two different people yeah. Um, but like the way he performs, being the professor is like oh wow, Harrison, it's cool that you can do this. It's a shame that nobody would ever let you do it after this, really. But yeah. okay, yeah, you could yeah. be like the kind of charming bookworm. <laughs> this was it's very um. So he does he has two Jack Ryan movies, um, mm-hmm. Patriot Games Danger. and isn't Clear and Present Danger the ben Ranger Adam? Games is Ben Affleck. No, Patriot Games. Oh, Patriot Games, yes. Um, Patriot Games, um, it, and the other one, I forget the next one. Um, but I think it's, uh, but he kind of plays that professor-esque person. And what I really like about, about Professor Indiana Jones is how nerdy he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, look, Harrison Ford is an attractive man at this time in his life. And he's a bona fide movie star. And he's looking at these girls with all these Google eyes. One of them had written love you on his, and he's, and he's baffled by this. He's like, what? Can, hold he's, on. Yeah. He's, um, he's the, he's the, the worst type of hot guy. He doesn't know how hot he doesn't know how yes. hot he is. So he's like, uh, uh, he's just like, he's got action. Why aren't they learning? Why don't they care about, all this archaeology that's, that's he knows how hot he is <laughs> no man not no maybe not to his students but when he's charming marion that's or a more different character or more importantly that's his jekyll <laughs> when he's doing it to willie yeah. yeah which is before he we see him with these students no, he I knows know. how hot he is but he doesn't understand what but i think i think i think what it is is he doesn't understand why these students care more about him than learning about archaeology that's, that's what yeah. i believe yeah, it is yeah, yeah. i think he's like why aren't they all just absolutely fascinated by yeah. it? Because he is a big dork yeah. Um, yeah. for archaeology. <laughs> and I think he doesn't get that, but he knows how hot he is. Um, he And, and you're, you're absolutely right, Sparks. I've always wanted him to play the professor more. Those are some of my favorite favorite moments, um, uh, which is why I was so surprised when uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out. And we'll talk about that when we do that movie. But it, do- it doesn't happen more. He's not the professor very often. He gets fired in that movie. He's only uh, the professor part-time uh you did it that was natural you did it um, congratulations everyone good night thank you hey uh you know who else is great karen allen yeah love, um love karen allen karen allen's really great and like prop props to them for making this movie the way that they did because like willie no offense is the character that you expect to be in this movie and karen allen is not yes. um and mm-hmm. She is at all times resourceful and uh, operating with her own agency. She's never 100% beholden to Jones. Yeah. yeah. Um, while she might have to be saved by him at times, um, it usually comes down to something where he is using his knowledge of 
the lay of the land yeah or some skill set that he has as what he does not just because he's a man but even to so, do so even so even when she gets captured she is resourceful and she's this is why to, i was yeah. this is why i was bringing it yeah. up right because like she makes her own plan to get out of there yeah. in her own way utilizing skills that we know she has because of how she's introduced in the film which is a great introduction yeah uh not to talk about the second movie too much but like willie is that way on purpose they weren't trying to do another uh, Mary and Ravenwood. They were doing no, a sure. one-off fun adventure thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm but not saying that's what you're saying. But the yeah. point is that like when you get to Raiders because Raiders comes out first. Yeah. When you go to the movie, you expect Marion to be a willy. You expect the I damsel. don't know. The first time I meet her, I'm like, this definitely isn't Marion. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. I mean before you've gone into the movie. When you are going and you know, like, I'm getting an adventure film, I got Indiana Jones, I've sure. got a girl in it. The trope is for her to be more like Willie to be the damsel out of place. Sure, I'm sure, talking sure. in the genre of the films sure, sure, that sure. had existed before. I get you. So this is a part where they kind of go away from the wheel. Yeah. No, I yeah, yeah I agree with that, which yeah. is why uh, I, I just don't think it's a problem in the second movie where, where a lot of people do. That's not what I meant. No, right? I know, I know. I'm just just bringing it up. Okay. I just want to reinforce the point of how awesome Marion is mm-hmm. because I love how I just love how even though she gets into a situation and she yes yeah, she does get saved by Indiana Jones, she's not there. I just She's not there to be saved. She's there like, I'm going to do my damns to get out of here myself if I can. Cool. If not, no worries. And also, she's not like constantly begging and pleading with her captors. She's being a smart ass. She's mm-hmm. like, if she could, if this was like a different, if there was an R rating, oh, there were R rating. If there was, if this was an R rated movie back in 1981, oh, she'd be cussing the ever loving hell out of those Nazis. You know what she would. This movie um, pushes the PG rating. No, it uh, does. Quite a bit. Yes, it um, does. Um, the, sorry but yeah yeah i absolutely adore marion and even going to willie because watching or re-watching table of doom for the first time in god knows how many years willie and miriam are night and day i love i love marion so much she is my favorite indiana jones girl um i think she is the the perfect foil for him uh karen allen is uh incredible uh and uh, paired up with with uh harrison ford the two of them have such good chemistry and they are um the scene when when they're in the boat and she's trying to and she's hot-headed and she's trying to help him uh, clean up his wounds and he's like oh, oh you're hurting me okay where does it hurt okay here and he starts kissing it it's, it's so sexy so one so romantic um it, it, she she is able to bring some comedy uh some some classic spielberg physical comedy which i which i quite love the 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 mirror hitting <laughs> indiana jones in the face so good um, um just on the note of like him and marion being romantic one of my favorite things about this movie is that the first time they kiss on screen is is not as um how do i want to phrase this it's not as like lust driven mm-hmm. as it usually would be because it's an oh thank god you're alive kiss that that hair indiana jones gives that's her. where it's like well where doesn't it hurt no 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 no. this is when he finds her in the tent with the oh, Nazis, yeah, gotcha, when gotcha. he thought she died early yeah, yeah, in the yeah. movie okay. and he finds her and he immediately crushes down to her and pulls down the the gag and kisses her because he's just glad she's alive yeah, yeah, yeah. and he tells her i thought you were dead and i think that that's so much more emotionally meaningful mm-hmm. uh than what you usually get again like usually it is something driven more lustfully something that it would be more like the sea on the boat which there's nothing wrong with that but the fact that the first kiss we see on screen yeah is this I'm just so glad you're alive. Kiss. Yeah. It's just pure, like pure, pure emotion. Right. What's yeah. what? What is interesting about about what Sparks is saying is that you know you you, you want to go back to like uh, if if 
if we you go back to what this film started as, which is an which is a James Bond esque adventure, um, you know, Bond girls were very much not like Karen Allen. Um, and they were very much this kind of, and most of the romantic romanticism comes from lust with, when it comes to bond, especially in this era. Um, and so, so when you have this, uh, this character who is, uh, falling away from that trope and you have this romantic, they have this kind of building of this, this, um, this kind of, uh, romance more than a lustful, more than a lust for each other. I think it, it stands out in really interesting ways. I think it is one of the most like strong choices that they made with the movie is the emotional range it allows Indiana Jones to have, because I think we, we deepen our understanding of him as a person, especially like how he cares about other people because of the path he goes down when he thinks Marion got killed uh, on this adventure and how that drives him uh, into, into a rage where he's willing to just die with Belloc in that room before the kids come and save him. Uh, And that, that, that is kind of, motivating a lot of him up to this point is this feeling like of guilt i put her in danger kind of thing and um, some time does pass before he does see her again so right like, yeah yeah so like it's enough time for like oh yeah like i didn't you, forget you, that you, you were alive but yeah. like oh my god enough times passed i didn't think you were alive right. like i didn't yeah, forget yeah. about you but uh, uh enough time in the movie passes where it's like yeah like it's like the end of a serial the girl dies oh no come back next week and you'll find out yeah so it's, it's a really strong choice for how the audience that's a really great um acknowledgement because you know something we're not talking about that i think about a lot when i when i watch indiana jones is um it is based you know like pulling from those serialized uh adventure explorer films but more importantly it's pulling from radio um it's pulling from the radio stories where uh you would have temple of doom is very much oh my god yeah like 100 almost to a t it's one of these like i i have these stories on on like my computer and stuff like it's it's captain friday and his uh, accomplice like uh, Bo Buckley and like you know they end up on an island and there's a girl and there's you know all this kind of stuff and like here's the adventure volcano goes for 10 sacrifice. episodes and has all this kind of stuff yeah and someone doing volcano sacrifices and like are there werewolves we'll never know and like volcano that kind of thing. werewolves and so um it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's very much a send-up of like that format storytelling and it does it very 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 well mm-hmm. yeah you could you could um I bet I bet you you could find someone who's edited this into like, you know, broke this movie up into like five, eight, ten sections of like, what happens next week on Indiana Jones or whatever, and like make them like little serials or whatever. Um Yeah, because uh, you because you're right, like the so you you know, going back to those serials, like a lot of the a lot of like the example that a lot of people use is that is like, oh, we're following a carriage and the carriage careens off a cliff and it's and the find out next week what happens next, and then you come back next week and oh surprise, they jumped out of the carriage at the last minute. Yeah. Um, so like it, it's just it's that kind of that kind of storytelling when like Marion is is killed and the movie wants to, we we're hearing Marion until she's put into the truck with a right. bunch of a bunch of bunch of dynamite. So the movie wants you to wants you to believe Marion is still in that basket, right? Um, but it creates enough enough um, uh, enough confusion with the basket chase scene um, that you're not quite sure. But you st- but the movie wants you to believe that Marion is still in that basket. So when she does appear next time. You can be like, oh, she, we switched the baskets, and you're like, right. oh, that makes sense because there was a lot of baskets flying around. Yeah, absolutely. Time. Yeah, about um, that monkey Sig Heiling. Oh, I'm. The, I had this on the note, but yeah. So that monkey, that Sig Heil monkey, kills me every time. That's the just. Monkey, it's such a funny gag. Uh, was a lot of trouble. Uh, they had to tie a grape to like a stick 
for him to be like, ah, let me get it. I can't get the grape. And, uh, and the Nazi who's, who does it back to him after, and like, is so confused. Like, oh, um, I just say Kyle the monkey. Yeah. And of Good course, uh, we can't forget John Reese Davies. John Reese Davies as, is wonderful. As Sal, uh, Sala, right? Sala, Sala, yeah. Yeah, Sal. And of course, when Indiana Jones is eating the dates and he catches it, it goes, bad dates. Mm. It, it always, I know how it ends. Every single time I watch this movie, I always go to the edge of my seat. He's like, "Don't eat it! Don't eat it! Don't eat it!" And then he catches it, and you see the and you see the dead sea kyle monkey. I'm like, it, it's it's such a it's such a cool it's such a cool moment because there's there's all there. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite scenes of the movie is the is the date scene because he has the he's you know he's he's got it in his hand the whole scene from the the, the, the after they put the you know he put he's got it in his hand the whole scene and every single time he's about to eat eat it he's interrupted by something until he and then he throws it up into the air until Solid catches it it's such a great masterful scene of suspense I love it I love it what a catch uh, by the way Solid's yeah. catch is so good I got yeah. some uh, fun fun trivia so do you know who the original Solid was gonna be an Egyptian no. person no unfortunately oh. not um it was going to be Danny DeVito. But oh, Danny weird. DeVito was unfortunately shooting Taxi and scheduling conflicts happened. So they got John Reese Davies. Uh, Danny DeVito is 4'11. John Reese Davies is 6'1. They changed the character. Would you believe it? Oh, I'm surprised. Uh, not much, out. but like they just made him like more like a giant man instead of a tiny man. And I always forget that this is also the same man who plays Gimli. Yeah. Who's six yeah. foot yeah. one. Yeah, he's also not a dwarf. So what's going on, John Reese Davies? Pick your roles better. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're not Egyptian, you're not a dwarf. What the hell? Well, there's two for two. I'm just saying, uh, you're not so, but John Reese Davies, all oh, right, he's he plays Treebeard. Um, what, tree yeah, he's the voice of Treebeard. Oh, you didn't know oh, that he shit. does dual roles. Oh, yeah, oh, I did not know that. I don't yeah. know why he does dual roles, but like he's great. Every yeah. week, we learn a little bit more about why Ben is a fake nerd. <laughs> is this like is this hey you know the spider-man trilogy how it took like three movies to get to like the actual spider-man origin is this is the fake nerd podcast just like ben's long origin story of like now i'm a true nerd yes yes a 10-year arc now it is we had to speed it up that's why we're doing these franchise oh, shit, discussions we're doing phase one is over phase two like phase four we got to speed that shit up baby. yeah we're in okay. phase four now we're really we're really moving now okay guys you, i'm gonna leave have graduate. a good night <laughs> oh we're gonna um, we're gonna give him a fake nerd diploma at the end of the show <laughs> mike stephen king signed it <laughs> okay um what what i, I wanted to say about um something i didn't know about like the last time i watched raiders probably this seems right um is like the stuff that we now are more intimately aware of between carrie fisher and harrison ford on mm. the set of star wars i am bringing this up for a reason yeah. i do think that there's an amount of what they say about Marion, I was a child, that kind of thing, that is an allusion to that relationship that happened between Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford um, mm. on the side of Star Wars, because it's not like they weren't aware of it. Yeah. I do feel like that kind of ekes its way in, in a way. Sure. Not necessarily to poke holes. And I don't know that for a fact. It's just like speculation. Knowing that information about that relationship now is yeah. like, I can see where Marion's a little bit translated from like George Lucas' uh, uh, idea of Carrie Fisher um and and kazan's too from being there with like empire strikes back sure i can totally see that that uh, i i had never i had never put the two of those together before yeah uh it is just it is one of those hey man this came out in the 80s like it was it was just a, it was just a grosser time uh the novelization confirms that she was underage in that relationship which is a weird thing to put in your novel but again 
80s, I guess it's okay or whatever. You know, well, that just means it was talking, in the first draft of the script. I'm talking about the 40s. <laughs> yeah, 80s, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Well, so so uh, the thing about, that is so interesting about Carrie about uh, that Carrie Allen, um, uh, Marion and, and Indy's relationship is that um, they both acknowledge that they kind of you know this was this was a problem. Indy was ashamed of it for so long and and left and and cut off Abner, who was his mentor, his father figure, uh, mm. for so long. Um, I, the book actually it's the other way around. Oh, really? Abner, because of what Indy did to his daughter. He, he furthered himself away from him. Interesting. That's not explicitly clear in the movie. No, it's not. And I think that's why the novelization, it just confirms how much and of a dirtbag in the I think it does. I think it also does play a little bit of an angle of like, and this is one of the things where like, because we're going to talk about Temple of Doom today as well. Yeah. Like Temple of Doom does work for me as a prequel overall, because like it feels like a younger more it's only one year though more rambunctious indie yeah to an mm -hmm. extent like one who just hasn't calmed down i get that it's only a year yeah but it does still have like this energy of like he's so much more indie than he is the professor yeah oh yeah he's so much more uh the that person in that zone. He is like the the like thoughtful mature explorer there are other aspects of temple of doom where i think that does shine through but like it, you can see how this is a person who like isn't necessarily proud of all the things he does mm -hmm. uh but still tries to do good yeah more good than bad yes yeah um so well let's just say what i was but just to kind of finish my thought there about um so what really what, what i think really is interesting and works about about marion and, and indiana is because of this kind of shame that uh he feels about his past um you know they they were they're so long they're so far away from each other but there was a genuine uh, love there and a connection there and so rekindling yeah. that when she's now overage ideally um and 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 uh it works as a romance as a love story because like they were in love it's just that they they shouldn't have been at that time no, yeah it is like back in in what would 81 or whatever, it was like it was like it was the wrong time for us yeah. type of type of thing uh, and again, just like you know, it's just, that's, that's even more a thought in the forties. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's just yeah. something that's just that's just something that doesn't age well. It's not like it's not like the worst thing in the world. Like you know, like they, it wasn't meant to be gross. Guys, there then, are right? still like, some states in the country that are like arguing that twelve-year-olds should be able to consent to marriage. So I mean, like you know, this is still oh. a thing in twenty twenty-three. Watch that video. Get oh. out of here. I'm Let's just go just, to Canada. I'm just pointing out. Yeah, it's gross. That, like that mentality <laughs> exists in our country today yeah. in some pockets. So yeah, like uh, this is not really a stretch to say like this. This was an overarching mentality of like no. this is racy, but not necessarily no okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but to Brand, but to Brandon's point, like there is real love there. Like it's not, yeah. it, it wasn't like a fling. It was like, hey, I I met your dad. He trained me. I met you, and I fell in love with you. I shouldn't have. Ten years later, hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, you were gonna say something. I was just going to comment on that whole thing because I saw a clip of that video. I'm like, I don't know where the mm. flying flip-flop that is happening, but I do not want to go there. Um, anyways, yeah, let's, can I talk about a scene that scared the ever-loving crap out of me as a child and it, for sure. the longest time I closed my eyes when it happened? Yeah. The sure, man, scene... but I mean, I think we talked about the, the romantic boat-kissing scene already, but you go for it. Ew. Oh, you didn't have to come from that badly. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Ben. Get one more, one more, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> Three strikes, you're out, baby. I'm kidding. Um, it's the scene when the arc gets opened and the Nazis all melt. Sure. sure. Specifically when the dude with the glasses, when his face literally melts. I mean, as an adult, someone who can 
oh, someone who can so appreciate good. those practical effects. That's Amazing. So cool. As a child, traumatizing as all hell. I, yes. Can I that can I say some trivia? Go yeah, for it. Do it. Um so that's not what it originally looked like. This movie originally got a rated R rating because of that final scene. Be specifically because that dude's like face literally explodes. And and the the the, the board was like, there was no way we were letting you put this out. So they obscured it. They added more layers. There's a bunch of flames now in front to obscure oh, it. For Bellox. For Bellox. Exploding, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh no, for them for, for both. Everything. Like they added a bunch to everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like originally it was gonna be so much more intense. And the board was like, there's no way we're doing this. is not a PG movie. This is not for children. So I would I would like to just take this moment to just say uh, people should not necessarily you guys, but if you have if you haven't, I, I recommend it. Watch the industrial uh, the the light and magic docu series on Disney Plus with one of the episodes they go in to this and how they made this effect. And it's awesome. Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, great one of my favorite parts about this section is actually like I love the face melting it's a great effect um for for our our friend in the in black however my favorite facial expression goes to the other nazi on uh Bellic's right who goes from like totally confident real happy next shot to like bending <laughs> his mouth backwards in a way that like feels physically impossible it's such an impressive face this man was told it's the most terrified you've ever been in your life and he committed <laughs> so 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 since we're talking about terrifying scenes <clears throat> so i love this movie i love indiana jones however i'm sure you guys remember i have a deep deep phobia about snakes uh-huh now lots of times if i watch a movie enough times i can i can kind of get over my phobia and and be able to watch the scene where the where the snakes are present um, that happened with Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I eventually got was able to watch that movie. Um, the, specifically, the basilisk scared me for whatever reason. It triggered that phobia. Um, it's a giant snake. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why? Would oh, it yeah. Basically, megalodon for snakes. <laughs> Megalosnake. <laughs> Megalosnake. Um, and so, so um, that has yet to happen for this movie. I still have a really hard time watching that snake scene in the Well of oh, Souls. Sure, because like, like they're, they're, they're also real. <laughs> Yeah. It's not a giant that's fake one. It's real snakes. There's a lot of fucking snakes in that scene. There's a there's the my my I'm so sad that the the kind of like um Blu-ray and up formats have taken away the glass that's in front of Indy's face when you when he first sees the cobra, um, which was present in the original cuts. Oh okay, uh, yeah. and I I I I really I really it was just, just fun. On that. I relied on that. <laughs> safety blanket. I know it's not real. I, know. I can see it's not real. And now, and now they've gotten too good at hiding it. You're like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> Lucas. Um, and and because so Indiana Jones, one of the reasons why I like the character is because I kind of because of that phobia of snakes. Because he has the same phobia of mine, and I was like, oh, I have that phobia. I can be an adventure hero. No, I can't. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it just it's kind of one of those things that endeared me to the to the character of of Indiana. And um, I love the idea because I'm talking about it just to just to kind of say like giving him that deep phobia of snakes and then have to, and then having him have to think his way through a uh, a snake filled puzzle uh, is a brilliant piece of screenwriting, I think. Even another another scene that because I, I don't have a deep fear of phobia of snakes like Brandon does, but I mean, I see snakes. I don't want to mess with it. 
But what freaked me out as a kid, especially when the snakes would be slithering out of the walls and the room would just get, it's like, hey, here's a, it's essentially like a water faucet. It's like, oops, more snakes. Oh, Ben, and, we had a wall snake like when we first moved in. That was scary. <laughs> can't, I've can't, never. No, this was a year ago. I think it's gone. I remember that. I remember you telling me that snake. But it, it, I think it's the the amount of snakes Mm-hmm. that just that also freaked me out when especially as a kid when i would watch that scene and like obviously the egypt the entire setting in egypt i absolutely adore i love going through to those i love going to that location i love exploring it. i love it when indy finds the finds the location and it's because yeah I, in the map room but every time he sees it he leans, says the line and then Sala goes asps very dangerous you go first. Okay. So you brought you brought up ass specifically, and I was kind of I was waiting to say my piece on it, but like I almost kind of hate that he says asps. I now I'm gonna get weird because I I I know snake stuff, and like yo, if that's all, if a lot of that is asps, you're dead. Like if you go in there, you're dead. I mean, it's not great to be in there with cobras either, but I mean, we could have said cobras, and you could see cobras. There's right, obviously snake. there's obviously not a single asp in that room just, just for reference and the reason is because they're too goddamn dangerous um and and so to me i'm a little bit like yo like asps uh-uh like they're done <laughs> they're done you can't they, whatever that's, it's fine that's are why they it's also fine. like they stupid are they are snakes that belong there like cobras and unlike mm, pretty much every other species of snake you see in that room <laughs> Um, aren't asps also like stupid aggressive too? Or am I? Oh just, my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. That's why yeah, I'm yeah. saying like, if it was asked, like you gotta like get the Nazis over with a flamethrower first before you go down and get the arm. Literally, like, you literally, can't, you can't do it. You cannot do it. Oh, this God. is a if fun could, conversation for me. If I could, <laughs> well, you're gonna love this part, Brent. If George Lucas can go back and redo that scene and have one German soldier goes, Hans, get the flamethrower. <laughs> And just like flaming warfare. You're right, because it'd be okay if the Nazis now go back and find it and clean out the snakes and then forget that they found it. Uh, I got a question. Yeah. How does Indiana Jones know to close his eyes when the arc opens? That's a good question. He smells it. No, I have an answer and it's in a deleted scene. Uh, he oh. goes and talks to someone who gives him, who like shows him like a picture. And he's like, this means this, it means this. And if the arc opens, your eyes must be sealed. And it got cut from the movie. Uh, which is fine, but like he still says it, and every time I'm like, "How do you know?" Instinct, instinct. He's you just know? That good. <laughs> okay. That's actually a very good point. Again, it's uh, it's a deleted scene, so it's in yeah. the it's technically. I mean, I could, almost was there. I mean, I could do this. Yeah. I could do this about a lot of things in the movie, like who untied them. Um, that's not just, as mo- even though those guys all died like that they're still at a nazi submarine base so like there's other nazis on the island i could believe him getting out of something a lot easier than him knowing what what to do during an ancient ritual that no one knows anything about. you know what i mean and again it's not a big deal also they took it out of the movie for no good reason uh I just, yeah, also 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 i could just let's keep flaunting flaun it up baby i, I could flaun. just assume that he already knows it Sure. He just already knows. Oh, yeah. You know, he could have read about the Ark. I wish he would have relayed that information to me in some way. We know he did when he told Marion to shut her 
we, I mean, we know he's a we know he's a dork. We know he's a dork, and he knows a lot about the about the Ark of the Covenant. Sure. Um, and and he gets, a, he gets his his whole like body jitters and perks up when he hears Tannis. So like he knows about this stuff. Um, he and uh, you know it, a lot of I think a lot of the deleted scenes, were, especially this movie, were probably removed for pacing reasons. Yeah. Um, more than any, more than anything. Um, but. I mean, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's not an actual big deal. It's just yeah. like when, when you watch a movie enough times, you think about a movie enough times and like, I yeah. guess you could just have that knowledge. But like, it's just Why? one of the thing in the movie for me, like, like I could I would have liked to have seen that deleted scene. No, for sure. Because like, there's no other I don't see any other arc information being relayed except for right before this thing exactly happens. Right. Yeah. That's just not enough for me. But again, it's not a big deal at all, really. Yeah. I got you. When you see a movie enough times, you got you, you pick things out. Yeah. Um, I. Why don't the Germans come investigate the map room after they pull Sala away with a rope? What a crazy! What a crazy Egyptian just standing around the <laughs> map just room, standing over there <laughs> with his rope <laughs> hanging down to the map room. Don't hey. You've got rope. We need you. Come here. It's so sad because Solid just like tumbles down that hill too. Ah. <laughs> um. So I'm hesitant. I hesitate to bring this up because, like, I do think it's a I do think it's a valuable discussion to have, but it's been had so many times. Um. But it's the it's the the reading that Indiana Jones doesn't affect the plot of this film, mm. which for me negates. Which for me personally suggests a misunderstanding of what the plot of this film is. Um, you know, the reason why the arc is called the MacGuffin is not, a, is not an accident. It's, it's, you know, Hitchcock always Hitchcock coined the term MacGuffin because it's a, it's a useless item that the character needs to, that propels the character to go on the journey. It's not the end goal for the character. The end goal is the personal journey that they go on. And I that's, wanna, I want to explain, cause I don't know if everyone knows what you're talking about first about, sure. about Neo Jones not affecting the plot. People, there, there was a big article, I think it was on io9 or some website, but I was like, if you watch the movie and you take Indiana Jones out of the movie, the Nazis still kill themselves and, it, and, it, and the, the, the day is solved. Uh, the Nazis would still have the Ark, more Nazis would come and they'd know, they'd know what to do. Like Indiana Jones still stops the Nazis from getting the Ark. The, the good guys get the Ark. The good guys need to get the Ark. Like that he does affect the plot. Right. It was also, they also used that argument as a joke on the Big Bang Theory. Ew! Yeah, they did. Well, so, that automatically. Like, I automatically now wish we didn't even talk about this. Oh, I'm sorry. Did they, they used it as like a, an argument point on the nerd blackface show. Yeah, I, I don't think we need to take it seriously. I specifically <laughs> didn't want to bring that up, so thanks, Ben. Um, I just didn't sorry. know. That's hilarious. I, honestly, I thought that's where I thought that's where that argument came. No, from, it to didn't. Be perfectly it, honest, it did not start there. It is an it is an old argument. It is an old argument which you can tell because Big Bang Theory did it. Big Bang Theory did it because they, because someone in the writer heard someone say it, heard someone say it um and that's why this ends up a big bang theory big bang so, theory is a lot of things but original is not one of them. right so 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 i'm i'm only saying this because i well, because a, a MacGuffin is because the plot of the of the movie isn't indiana jones goes to get the ark it, it's that indiana it's it's it the arc of the movie is indiana jones's the plot of the movie is Indiana Jones's arc. He is changed by the journey he goes on. He he falls in love with Marion. Marion and, and Indiana Jones's relationship blossoms because of the journey to get the arc. The MacGuffin is incidental. That's why that's why that reading is there. And for me, 
that's for me that's why people miss i, th- I believe people oftentimes misread this film to think that they're smarter than it just to well, like, just to want to pretend to be it's you know like just to to comment on it like if that's going to be your argument point don't watch the movie clearly sure. you don't want to i mean like, like yeah okay sure then there's no movie what are you doing what are you doing get out of here um, also, I, oh. go ahead I hope that I hope what I'm about to say also reinforces your point. But with a film like it with Razor Lost Art, I also feel like the journey is the destination yeah, in a way. Yes. Like, yeah. yes, the art, they're trying to go get the art, they're trying to get the art out of the Nazi hands. But all the stuff they go through along the way, including the opening scene, leads them to what happened. And yet, even though they leave with the art and the government seals it away in a certain place, which we'll mention oh. in the fourth film. Man. Uh, yeah they don't get to use it because they know how dangerous it is. But yeah. also, but like you said, Indiana does grow throughout the film. And I think that's more valuable than getting, than fortune and glory. You look at these, you look at all these films and all these films are structured, are structured in a way that they came up with the arc for, for Indiana. And then they came up with the MacGuffin that he was going after. Um, and that's especially true in the last crusade, which we'll get to. Um, but it, and it's in, and I think that's one of the I think that's one of this film's strengths. You know, it, it takes the it takes the idea of a MacGuffin and creates an interesting lore around it, something that's something that's from history and creates a, a fun historical adventure for us to go on. But the but the as as Ben said, the the journey for Indiana Jones is more important than the arc. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's what I think is so so good about that about this movie. That's why I think this movie excels where it does. Yeah, it has good characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good and it goes back characters. to Kaz, Kazdan's script, which I think is incredibly strong. And oh, yeah. good performers. Like, it's both. You know, yeah. like uh, uh, our our Nazis are shitty Nazis, but like fun to watch characters because the performers are so good. I get hey to bring up the like the Tom Selleck of it all, like a good script also like you need the good performers because a great yeah. script with a different actor comes off as like completely like why are you so angry, bro? Yeah. Uh and there's great there's great humor in this movie. The the uh, uh Sparks talked about the uh, great performers of even the Nazis, like our main Nazi guy, the guy with the glasses, I forget his name now. Um but he when he when he takes out the thing and there's like looks like nunchuck looking it's the best bit in the movie. And it has the nunchuck thing, and he's just like, and and Belloc and Marion are really scared of what's about to happen next. It just makes a hanger. It hangs love it. I love it. <laughs> it's like it's like right on the line of like a airplane level joke. Yeah. Yes, like it's it's right there. It's right on the line of Leslie Nielsen would do it. You know parody. what it reminds me of? I think it's the Last of Jedi where you think a, a, a plane is landing, but it's just an iron. It's the iron. It's the yeah, iron. Yeah, yeah. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh, that's really. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That's almost yeah. like parody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like right there. Like we're we're kissing the line of parody. It's right very there. good. It's very good. It's it's uh, great. Okay, let's see here. I think it's I'm kind of Brooks wishes he had come up with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm about ready to move on to the next film. Uh, I think everything around the map room is excellent, including how they have to figure out that they only have one side. And if you have both sides, it's how you know the right height and they're digging in the wrong place, all that. Yeah. Yeah. And then like him the, going in there and measuring out and everything. I, I really like it. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, I'm your goddamn partner. Love that bit. I, uh, yeah. Marion. Excellent. Oh, we're introduced to her out drinking German folk. 
I don't think. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a great intro. Yeah, she's just she's an right, like as we were alluding yeah, to earlier, like lady. using her skills that we see her introduced with at the beginning of the film to be resourceful against Belloc yep. later because she can him. hold her liquor. Yep, yep. Very cool. Um, oh, I got a fun fact real quick about the wedding dress because initially it was just like a much grosser scene of just like you're just gonna wear a wedding dress because I'm a bad guy. But uh, both uh, Belloc and and Karen Allen were like, uh, can we do something different because the scene isn't really working? And they workshopped that whole scene of them uh, playing, th- doing stuff together, and all that. Like a lot of that, their whole scene in that tent was basically like improvised from what it was originally gonna be. Uh, cool. And I'm like, hell yeah, I love that Steven Spielberg was like, sure, you guys can just make the scene better. I don't care, love it. Um, um I want to say real quickly. Uh, my my last note that I have um, is that the sh- the shot when Indy and the other diggers are digging over the well of souls and it's just the sunset over the backdrop and 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 we just see the silhouettes and Indy puts on the hat. Mm-hmm. Ah, cinema. Yeah, for sure. I have a poster of that somewhere. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I want to shout out real quick. I'm gonna find the name of this person. Maybe I will. Okay, Douglas, so- yeah, Douglas Slocum, uh, who's cinematographer. Mm. Part of the reason this film was successful is also its cinematography. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's a decent chunk of change considering it's it's not the editing, friends. Um, <laughs> no offense <laughs> to the editor. Um, it's just it's not the editing. Um, but the cinematography, the way that specifically like this film constantly plays with shadow and mm-hmm. silhouette. Is very key to what makes this film have the tone that it does. Um, I think this one in particular, the cinematography stands apart even from uh, Temple of Doom and Last Crusade. Not to say that it's bad there. There's there's something specific about what they're doing here. Sure. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and the other thing is this franchise is known for excellent... Uh, oh, <laughs> well, this film had two editors. Sorry, it's right here. It's Michael Kahn and it's George Lucas. So George Lucas was partially responsible for the ending of this movie. So... What are you gonna do? Um, anyway. Oh, have you guys heard of this guy named like I think his name's like James Williams, J- John John Williams. John. Oh, we haven't even John mentioned Williams? the music yet. Hey, yeah, it's, it's one of the greatest uh, scores of all time. The, the theme song lives in my brain. Yeah, like not only yeah. that, um, we have automated robots at work, and they sing and they like they play music to let you to like you know spatial awareness. One of the songs that they play is the Indiana Jones theme song. I am not joking. That's cool. Robots. Um, I really uh, the 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 sound effects are in, are so interesting in this in this film when you watch like Star Wars back to back and uh, when you watch Star this and Star Wars back to back and you hear a lot of the same sound effects, um, or at least <laughs> or at least similar ones. I love the the sound design of this movie so much. The punching sound effects live in my head rent free for all time. Crunchy. Um, I love them. I love them to death. Um, for sure. And the the obviously John Williams score is incredible. Yeah, um, there's a lot that can be said about the score. I won't I won't get into it too much here. Um, John Williams' score is amazing. Brandon and I are doing a show called The Real Score. We'll be talking about the Indiana Jones trilogy and then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and then Dial of Destiny from June through August. So, uh, you know, look look for those. <laughs> That'll happen there. Um, but you're right. Like, the score is also instrumental to this film. In fact, because you brought it up, I think it's a really impressive choice. And it always stands out to me when I watch the film again and again. Uh, that Indy's face reveal does not have any amount of the Indy theme under it, not even like a, lo- mm. a slight subtle piano version of it. Um, it's silent because it feels like the kind of moment where nowadays that's when you'd get it. Yeah. Um, but because maybe because it was the first film, so he's not established. Um, Keeping him in the shadows. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's better that it doesn't happen there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. The one other thing I was going to say, and this carries over to Temple of Doom, I think it's just the truth of at least the first three films in the franchise. Uh, our dead body reveals are always good. Oh, yeah. They're always fun. It's always fun when a good old dead body gets revealed and you get like the shock sting and the oh, scream. Oh, yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. And like all <laughs> kinds of, they're having all kinds of fun with different levels of corpseization and yeah, yeah. like how fresh is it? How, how, can how, we, how can like, we bring a snake out of its mouth? How juicy kind of stuff. is it? Yeah. Uh, all right, so shall we move into Temple of Doom? Temple of Doom. Oh, let's rate. We rated the Scream movies. Do we want to rate this one? Sure. 10 out of 10. 10, 10 out of 10. 10. 10 out of 10. I'm going to say a 9 out of 10. Um, excellent movie. Love it so much. So let's move into Temple of Doom. Uh, Temple of Doom, directed by Steven Spielberg once again. This time not written by Lawrence Kasdan, however. No. Uh, this was written by, I have it here, Willard uh, Huick and Gloria Katz, who would go on to do Howard the Duck after this movie, two years after this movie. Um, <laughs> I don't want a movie. <laughs> uh, the the uh, Willard is the director of Howard the Duck also, uh, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, Temple of Doom. Uh, what do we think about this one, Ben? This, you know, what, I want to actually go. I want to actually throw that one to you because this is the first your first time seeing it in quite some time. Oh God, yeah, this has been well over fifteen, maybe even yeah, I would say fifteen years or wow, close to twenty years since I last seen it. Because when I first saw Temple of Doom, is when I bought my Ryan. You know this, my old DVD full screen set of the original trilogy, which I got Man. when I was in like. I don't know. I was maybe twelve or in middle school. Maybe and it's been that, a long time. It looked, it looked awful. It looked god awful. <laughs> I am Sparks. Thank you, thousand of blessings to you for giving me the Blu-ray set that I uh, now have in my possession. 4K, sir. You oh, have a four K. Even set. better, the four K set. Four K copies. Looks four K looks very good. Indiana yeah. Jones four K looks. Yeah. You see very, every very good. piece of stubble on that man's face. Yeah, um, it looks so much better now, and part of me kind of wants to get rid of my old DVD copies because I don't need them anymore. I have the 4Ks. But anyways, that's beside the point. Um, yes, it's been a very long time. I've never seen Temple of Doom. I didn't know there was any other Jane Jones movies outside Raiders of the Lost Ark and the, and the film, and, or not the film, the ride at Disneyland. And then, I, of course, there's three more movies. Hell yeah. And I didn't really enjoy Temple of Doom the first time I saw it. I was very confused because I was like, where the hell's Marion? Where the hell who's the short round kid? Why is this lady constantly screaming indie? That just annoys the everlasting crap out of me. I didn't really like the adventure all that much. We we were essentially just stuck in one area. I mean, we went to different places, of course, but we were mostly just stuck in this corner of india whereas going from raiders we're in the jungle we're in egypt we go to the met to the himalayan mountains for a hot second go pick up marion there's like all these grand locales versus this one's just like you're stuck mm-hmm. um but on a rewatch years later i i obviously i don't enjoy it as much as raiders but I was a little harsh on it because, but now I still say it's a damn solid movie and it just feels really, really good to see this film and think to myself, Kihei Kwan is a fucking Oscar winner. Go (laughs) get it. (laughs) Yo, let me Uh, tell you, watching the Indiana Jones movies this week and then also watching everything everywhere all at once, I'm like, man, that guy's like the same person. (laughs) He acts like the same, like 40 years later. He's what an incredible dude. I love it. Uh, It's so great. Uh, I I love Temple of Doom. 
I, I, uh, I also like, I remember from early age, this was one of the ones that like people didn't like as much before, before Crystal Skull. So it was just a three, like people really shit on Temple of Doom in a way that like, I just don't think it deserves whatsoever. Yeah. It's like the weakest of the three, but that's like, that's like, like the worst John Wick movie still being a better John action movie than most other movies. Like yeah, Temple I, of Doom is awesome. I love it. I, I would still say it's still the weakest of the original three, but that still doesn't mean it's a bad movie. No, not, I'm not by like, a and we're talking like Scream Three here, where like I don't even think this they're they're apples to oranges. Yeah, I'm not talking mm-hmm. like the quality level or anything, yeah. but like it's the same situation where like Scream Three is not a bad movie. No, Scream Three is just the worst of the three yeah. in the original yeah. trilogy. Like when <laughs> and like that's not that's that's like still miles above like what we would actually consider. Woof. <laughs> yeah, I uh, uh, I think like no, this is not a better movie, but there are so many things I like more about this movie. Like when like. For me, this like ad- talking about adventure, like this is my perfect adventure movie. I think being stuck and trapped in a in a place with a bunch of like z- zombie men uh, who are sacrificing people is an incredible like one shot. I love it. Uh, I love how dark it is. I love how dark it is. Uh, I love that there's just dudes ripping hearts out. Um, yeah, Willie is annoying, but she but like now I'm an adult. Like she is designed to be the anti Marion on purpose, right? Like on purpose, oh, yeah. and Indiana Jones does not like her, but she is charming, and she does have her ways to to woo him over. I will say, I have definitely flipped on Willie. I mean, I was watching this with my fiance last night, and we were also kind of like talking. I was even telling her, like, when I first saw the movie, she was constantly yelling for Indiana, annoyed me. But now, the more I stew and think about it, it's like you have Marion, who who her dad was an adventurer, her dad's gone through stuff, and Willie's a singer. She was obviously not meant to do she's any pampered. of this. She she's a compl- this is a completely fish out of water story for her. And and it the more I think about it, it works. Yeah. It truly does work. Like um but even though she's pampered, there are parts of it where she does she just does not give a damn. And I love it. I love her for that. Like when they're at the campfire, the first campfire scene, and she's and she thinks the snake is the trunk of the elephant, and she just chucks it, and it is like snake, 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 snake. And she's just like, I hate that elephant. And he's like, I'm not gonna say a damn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sparks, your initial thoughts. Yeah, I I really enjoy Temple of Doom. Um, you know, like we said, it, it can be bottom of the three, it's still not a trash film by any means. Um, I really like short round. I like short round so much that I question why they never brought him back. Yeah. Um, I understand that there's not a lot of movies or opportunity to have brought him back, but I'm like, it's weird that there isn't like some acknowledgement of him in last crusade considering like, you know, how important he at least thinks he is to Indy. Yeah. Uh, or at least how Indy seems to treat him in this movie. And then you get to Raiders and last crusade. And it's like, where's short round. And it's like, oh. um, <laughs> So it is weird that you even get to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and there's there's not even like a casual mention of like how Short Round's doing because there's this idea like Indy's the only person looking out for him now. So like, what did he do with him? Um, left him in that village. There, there's a real question there. And so I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, it's an interesting thing about making it a prequel. Yeah. Yeah. But he's great, right? Yeah. Like he's, he's awesome. Well, it would be the same, like, you know, question, like even if this took place like, even if you interpret this as like post Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's still like you get to Last Crusade, you still get to King of the yeah, Skull, and you're true. still like, where's Short Round? Like, why are we not acknowledging what happened to Short Round? Um, Erasure. Uh, it's it's a little odd, I I think. Um, right. I think like Willie can come and go, and that's not as big a deal, but like Short Round, like specifically getting into the point, I'm jumping into stuff in the film now, but like getting to the point where Short Round, like 
brings him out of the the ooze uh uh Tr- like trance that he's in by saying Indy I love you I love you and and <laughs> injects him and because Kiho Kwan was always a good actor yeah um it's very emotional and so it's like the fact that that bit happens and it's like and then we never talk about short round again and I'm like okay it kind of bums me out because as the film is I assume is done filming and it's probably not not going to happen because even Kihei Kwan has said in interviews he hasn't seen Harrison Ford since they went to D23 yeah. Um, part of me now, after seeing this movie, and now that Kiei Kwan's star is rising with thanks to everything, everywhere, all at once, um, part of me is like, man, I want some sort of epilogue for a short round. Maybe he became a professor as well. He's teaching at the same university. He sees Indy, and they and they catch up every once in a while. Part of me really wants that. I know I'm not going to get it. Sure. But at the same time, I, I don't want to say hashtag justice for short round. But you're absolutely right, Sparks. Not knowing now, with my knowledge now that Temple of Doom is a prequel to Rares of the Lost Ark, if I were to watch this in chronological order, I'm like, what happened to Short Round? Because as you, as you say, Andy cares about Short Round. He taught like I love the origin story. It's a very Batman Jason Todd esque <laughs> yeah. of meeting where he tried to pickpocket Indiana Jones. He's like, no, you don't. And instead of giving him to the authorities, he's like, okay, what happened? And he learns the story. He's like, no, I will watch over you. I'll take care of you. And he's never seen or heard from again. And the, now that bums me out. The thing is, like, he's kind of set up in this movie to be, like, a perfect partner to Indy and a perfect, mm-hmm. like, parallel young version of him. They have a literal shot where, like, they're both beating on bad guys at the exact same time in the exact same way. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it is. it is just weird. It's weird like putting aside his recent like rise to being considered mm-hmm. relevant again and his success and everything like Lucasfilm should have thought of him regardless of that like the fact that it never came up before is kind of sad yeah. um for how the character is given to us in this film and I have to wonder if some amount of it is just the backlash as Ryan was saying before Crystal Skull came out everybody shit on Temple of Doom and yeah. so they just decided to leave short round behind and I'm like that kind of sucks I- I, I want to hear Brandon's thoughts, but I unfortunately oh, yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's short round. I think it's the movie. It's the movie. It's like it is the middle child, and just like his great performance count out China because he's not Harrison Ford. You know what I mean? Well, Which that's is, why when when they were doing when they when we when we heard the rumors that they were going to do an Abner Ravenwood series on Disney Plus, I was like, just do a short round series. Like, he's there. He's a character that people want to see again. So I'm not as hot on this film as you guys are. And I'm really happy to see that you guys are hot on this film. I think that's I think that's incredible. Um, but there's a lot of this film that still, in the year of our Lord 2023, uh, does not work for me. And most of it is Willie. I I get I get what, what I get. I heard it. I heard you saying you know she's deliberately the anti-Marian. I'm not even talking. I'm not going to compare her to Marian. I just don't think she works in this movie at all. And I think that if you take her out of the movie, it's actually a lot stronger because I really, 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 and I've always loved this. I really, really love the relationship between Short Round and Indy. I think that stuff is incredible. We see a side of Indiana Jones we don't see. Uh, this kind of vulnerable, when they're playing poker, is it's, it's one of my favorite moments in the movie. Um, I, I love their relationship and I have always loved their relationship. And I think that that's where this movie excels and then willie yells some things and i'm just like it does she doesn't work for me at all 
this isn't this isn't me wanting to change your mind and i just want to say that up front because that's not what i'm here to do but i am going to say like what stood out to me in watching it this viewing is that willie's presence is there to accentuate the commonality between short round and indie rather mm -hmm. than uh only rely on the two of them being together to establish it because just like you said with that poker scene it's the fact that both of them are like don't give a single shit about the fact that she's screaming about all the different animals that are there. They are simpatical, uh, uh, similar spirits with each other. They mm -hmm. are of the same cloth and Willie is not, and she is there to be contrast to the two of them. Um, and I think that that aspect of it really works uh, as this extra voice in the room that shows the commonality between short round and indie. Whereas if you are just with the two of them, they're not allowed to be the same person as much because it's just the two of them. I just uh, think when you, when it comes to the writing of Mary, well, not Marion, sorry. Uh, when it comes to the writing of Willie, as intentional as it is, it just, she's not, I don't, I don't believe she is well-written and I don't believe that the actress is very good. Um, I, I think there is a version of Willie that does work and whatever version of this movie, whatever version of her is in this movie for me, doesn't. Sure. I agree yeah. with that. Um, my favorite, um, this movie has my favorite trap sequence, uh, and it does involve Willie yeah. saving them. Oh, uh, and that actually, sequence wouldn't exist unless Willie had to be the one to save them. That um, was actually the that was actually the same trap sequence I was going to talk. I was talking about earlier during our talk about Raiders, but yeah, you go for it. No, that just I I think the design, the look. Uh, I feel like I've seen this movie not as much as Raiders, but I've seen this movie a lot. We're like, I know the dude's gonna make it, but like that that trap it's looks tense. really dangerous. Yeah, yeah, and like the spikes pop out with skulls on them. It keeps it, it's like it keeps bad getting worse. And it keeps getting worse. Yes, yeah. And and like stacked on and stacked on and then they get, get saved to, and, they, and then they and get then, trapped and then, again. And then like again, like using <laughs> Willie to the comedy of what the film knows Willie is there for. Yeah. They're trapped and they know Willie's the only person that can get them out. And, and it has like, oh and shit. Again, like <laughs> I don't I I don't think James Bond has ever been more in fear of his life than he has in this moment right now. Did I say James Bond? Yes, he did. I sure did. Indiana Jones has never been more afraid than that moment. But you're right. James Bond would be too. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's just a James Bond sequence, but that's fine. Um, uh, could you it, imagine? <laughs> could you imagine James Bond in a death trap like this? And someone like <laughs> Willie has to get about the composure. Picture every different version of Bond having to play that scene. Of Craig, like, we that. are going to die. That, that, it's that line because, like. He thinks he's going to. He does not. He's not convinced Willie will save him. Mm -hmm. So he's just like, "We are going to die." <laughs> Frowny face. <laughs> I love it. It is. It is. It is like I think the most tense trap scene in any of these movies. Uh, and then the short round. I'll let you talk that real quick. But like the short round, sitting on the back, like you told me to sit there. You told me to do it. He's like, "Yes, sorry." Like I love it. That is like that is like the best encapsulation of like what I love about these kinds of movies. Sure. I. Also, I have to say, I love it when short round he triggers the trap. Like mm -hmm. he first, they, he like he steps on the lever, and the door closes, and he's like, and he's like, <laughs> and then of course he lean in, he says, lean over there. He does. He's like, I did what you said. Why are you mad? And then when they finally get out, and Willie triggers the trap again, he's like, not. I love it how he points all the blame to Willie, and yeah, he's yeah. like, it, it, not me, dude. And also the, um, I don't know if. I can't remember if there was one in um, Raiders. I'm pretty sure there is because I feel like every Indiana Jones movie has a scene where he gets out of a, a trap room and a door or yeah. something's falling and he has to reach in and grab his hat. It's the, so, so in the in Raiders, it's the beginning. It's the it's the beginning when the when the temple is collapsing and it's his whip. Yep. Mm. But in this one, it's his hat. 
Next one, it's his entire jacket. <laughs> the whole jacket oh, no. flies off. And then it's a whole um, But yeah, I love that trap sequence because no, Indy and Short Round are trying to scream at Willie and Willie is up and Willie's afraid of bugs. And of course, the only way to get it is go put her hand into a thing of bugs. I can't do and, it. And now, <laughs> and my dis my dislike of Willie, by the way, in no way diminishes any of the comedy beats that you're talking about. I do find a lot of this movie very funny. Um, that's why I wanted to. That's why I wanted to be very specific. That I do think there's a version of Willie that does work. Um, it's just the the whole picture of Willie that they present in this movie doesn't, uh, for me at least. But I wanna I wanna say I wanna actually go into something that I thought was incredibly funny this 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 latest time I was watching this. And I wonder if you guys if you guys find, will find this funny, um, and it's the it's the opening dance number when she's singing the, the Chinese version of Anything Goes, and you know she's singing and then she goes through the mouth, and then there's this big dance number, and on this big stage, and then she comes back out, and I kept and I've wondered to myself, who saw that dance sequence, because that stage isn't back there. <laughs> we thought the exact same thing yeah like right? the whole time genuinely genuinely when watching it this time that was the moment where i was like spielberg always wanted to direct a musical yeah, yeah. this is a mess like <laughs> as far as like it, it, picturing that it's on a stage for an yeah. audience i'm like this makes no damn sense <laughs> Because she walk, and then she walks back out, and like you see the stage, you see like you see like these stairs behind it, and it's not as big as what we just saw. And I'm like, who saw that performance? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I noticed it too. I was like, what is this? And also very weird. Like honestly, in hindsight, super weird to throw a Mandarin version of Anything Goes at your audience as an opening number of this movie. Just really interesting choice yeah. all, right. all right so another little fun fact while she was singing it i was i didn't ask her directly uh but she mentioned she looked at me she's like i can't understand what she's saying it's like i didn't wasn't gonna ask but i was wondering and this is your fiance this is my fiance yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you just didn't say anybody so yeah you sorry, just kept saying she in the same sorry. sentence interchangeably she, with talking about willie so we were like okay sorry she being my fiance who does speak Mandarin, um, had no idea what she was saying, mm-hmm. had no clue. So movie. I'm, so I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Then. Yeah. yeah. Um, womp, womp. speaking of the opening though, I think the opening is awesome. Um, the, um, the, the James Bond homage that they're trying to, that they're trying to pitch um, the, the sequence when it's um, Lau and Indy moving the stuff around the table. And that's just one shot as following it is awesome. I thought I, I really, I really thought that was really great. Can I ask you guys, like, how do you feel about Indiana Jones holding a fork up to Willie? I'm, I know he's not going to actually hurt her, so I don't care. I do too. But like, he's a dirtbag. But like a good dirtbag. Yeah. He's, a, just, he, he's like Han Solo. Like Han Solo will shoot a dude if he needs to, but like he's not going to actually hurt her. Yeah, I'm uh, not I'm not crazy about it if I'm being honest. I like my yeah. dirtbag Indiana Jones. I like him being more rough and grumble, which he is in this movie. So like I, again, this is a person, like personally, I don't mind it. He can be a little, a little uh, rough and tumble. You know, I don't think I, I ever, I don't think I ever really thought about it, Sparks. I'll be honest. Um, and that's not to say that I, I I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I, I want, I want you to, to, to go further in, in that thought though. Um, um, because like, you know, this, this film is, is, 
not it's not telegraphed that this is a prequel outside of how Indiana Jones acts really. And so, and so if you missed the 1935 bit and you didn't remember that 1936 was the last film, um, then you would, you would probably miss that and wonder like, well, why is Indiana doing this? This isn't the Indiana Jones I met in the last movie. That was me when I first saw this movie years ago. Sure, Yeah, that was, that was Ben. Um, so do you have anything more you want to add on that? I'm curious. I want to hear it. I, I'm I'm not like Ryan. I, I prefer my Indiana Jones a little bit further removed from Han Solo. Um, I I think that there are lines to me as a character that Indy wouldn't cross. Um, and I guess if I'm looking at Indiana Jones as he is portrayed in Raiders, Last Crusade, even Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and the rest of this movie, that doesn't feel like a character beat I feel like matches the rest of him in the rest of the movies. Cause mm-hmm. I don't think he ever does anything on this line ever again. Um, which is why I'm a little like, okay, like there's the blow up the arc bit, but that's not the same as mm-hmm. what he's doing here. Um, I, if I may sparks, because when I was watching this last night, I interpreted it as Indy holding the fork up, essentially turning Willie into leverage because he sees that, yeah. Willie and Lau have a thing and he because he knows Lau's is a is a gangster he knows he's a criminal so he's like okay if this guy's not gonna give him what I want I'm gonna threaten her obviously not hurt her but you know threaten her and use her as like some surprise leverage so the deal goes over smoothly yeah I'm I know why he's doing it I'm saying that I don't feel like Indy in the other parts of the other films or this one ever feels like a person who would even bluff about injuring someone who wasn't at least in on what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I'm like, uh, uh, doesn't totally feel like Indy to me in that move compared to everything else and feels more like a contrived way to force Willie into his story. Mm-hmm. Um, that's me. That's how it feels to me. It's totally fine if it doesn't feel that way to anybody else. I, yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 that is a, I, that is a good read. Um, I just like, uh, he doesn't know if she could be on it too. Like she could be just as bad. Like she's working at this club. Like she doesn't like, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I Sparks, you know, I'm so interesting. I never really thought about that. Cause I don't watch Temple of Doom as often as I'd watch the other ones. Um, I, I, I'll put it. I, it's not like I avoid it. Like, bended uh for 15 20 years um but like it's not the one i go back to quite frequently um and i i just don't think i ever thought about it but you i i I think you're right sparks like it it, it, in this film specifically if you just take this film it is strangely out of character i won't say it's it's unnecessary it's an unnecessary beat um but it it is a little strange it is a little strangely out of character i would i would i would back you up on that one right i think it's all those stranger to me when like his leverage is already in the room yeah. which is the other guy posing as the waiter with the gun. So it's even more unnecessary for him to do this. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's just a weird beat to me that again, it just feels like it's there to put Willie in the story more um, rather than it feels like it actually contributes to who Indy is as a character. Because again, I feel like he comes across in the other parts of the franchise as someone who has slightly more clear lines on what he will and won't do. And this feels like one of those things that, I just don't recall ever seeing him doing anything like it again. Right. That's uh, you did mention his, his buddy, his waiter friend. Um, mm-hmm. That's a good kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's oh, a classic, yeah. classic, classic. Like, again, we were talking about the radio things. That's exactly that kind of guy. Like we've been on mar- many adventures, Indy. And yeah. then like, like that is, that is radio <laughs> explorer. Stereotelling yeah. at its best. I love that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also, I think that's I really how, great. 
Also, I love how the popping of champagne hides the gunshot sound. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that so much. The, and then you just see the, sh- the glass broken. He's just like, why is this? And then you see the blood. It's such a good moment. It um, is. The, uh, the, this film, the opening act of this film has one of my favorite jokes in the franchise, which is when Dan Aykroyd shows up in this film for five seconds. Um, and he has this moment where, um, where they're like, and he's and he's just like, uh, Ben, did you not see Dan Aykroyd in this movie? The British no. man who was on screen for a couple seconds, bringing Indy to like a boat or to the, he to, the sh- to the plane. To the plane yeah. That yeah, was Dan Aykroyd. Yes. Yeah, I had. That's fair. We don't get a close up. That's fair. You know what? I'll I give you that. Only a wide. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but it's it's really funny because for that that moment is really funny to me because when he's like, uh, and I'm sure it, to most people, um, when he's just like. Uh, what does it say? See you later, Lao Shay. Nice the door. try, Lao Shay. Closes the door. door. It's yeah. a great bit. It's a very funny moment. I really like that. Um, I, th- I think this film often gets uh, get it gets like this is like seen as like the darker Indiana Jones, and 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 it is like no, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of levity to it. There's a lot of Spielberg's humor that comes through. Um, Spielberg has a very specific humor um, that if you watch enough of the films, you definitely see. I think this movie is fu- it's not as it's not a better movie. I think this movie's funnier than Raiders of the Lost. It is. It's funnier. I, than I agree. Yeah. It's funnier and darker at the exact same time. Yeah. It's doing both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. There's, so there's a lot more, and, and and I think that comes up from the con and the confidence that Spielberg and, and Lucas feel at this point. So Spielberg at this point had it had just come off of ET, and um, he was hesitant to do this one, and Lucas was apparently really worried that he wouldn't uh, direct this one. Um, so he had like, they like really pressured Spielberg to come back and, and do the, and do this one. Um, and, and I think what's so interesting about it specifically is that you can tell that Spielberg is a much more confident director in this film than he was in Raiders. Um, and, and, uh, I, and it shows in every frame, I think, because, yeah. because especially in the editing, I think the editing is stronger as, as Sparks mentioned the editing. In it Raiders. is, which is really funny because it's the same guys. Yeah, yeah I, you know they learned. <laughs> yeah, they just yeah everyone you know just learn learn from from the last same the last one same cinematographer by the way. Um, and I think I think still great cinematography in here. Yeah, um, yeah. truly, I just think like it's just less variety. No, 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 it's not even that. Like there was a I think there was a tone like Raiders is chasing the tone of that that silhouette and that shadow in light and a lot of uh, bright orange mm-hmm. with shadow and like that is the aesthetic of yeah. Raiders. And this yeah. one is a little less caught in a single look that it's chasing yeah. and i think that's fine um but it does make like raiders really pop and stand out for what it's doing in a visual sense and i, I think temple of doom still has very striking cinematography it's just not not doing the same thing yeah which is good i think it's good it's not doing the same thing i mm. love i love our bad guys i love that it's just like human sacrifice i love that he can actually put his whole hand through a hu- human body i think that's great uh Kali Ma, I've had that. I I that's it's in my brain since I was like 10 years old. Yeah. It's like Kali Ma. Like yeah. it's been Kali Ma. Uh he looks great. I love that we get oh, it's another like British guy, like a, another white dude who turns out to be the evil guy. Uh, yeah. Uh I want to talk about um the the entire section of like the the uh oh you wanna bang me. No, you wanna bang me. Oh my god, um, that that's which... that can that is I I love that scene. Thank you so much for bringing it okay. up because I would have forgotten. I so love it's, it's so really much. it's really funny. I think it's actually really funny. It's actually probably the most I like Willie in the movie. Yeah. I feel like she's as a performer, 
the actor is the most in her bag in that scene, I think, uh, and portraying what is being written the best. <laughs> I'll give her uh, five minutes. I'll give her four minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, I'll be the best you ever had. Yeah. You? <laughs> yeah uh, the, all that kind of stuff. Uh, nocturnal studies, all that. All, oh my God, nocturnal that, studies. All that jazz is so, so fun. Yeah. And, and it leads into a incredible assassin reveal where the dude literally appears from the wall <laughs> to kill Indy every so, single time. It's so good. Um, and the whole sequence of her coming out and screaming at him that like, <laughs> you just missed out on the best you'd have ever had Indy. And he's like, ah, he's dying. <laughs> this is when I slipped through your fingers. <laughs> um, so, so funny. So, so well executed on every little bit of what they're doing all the way up to when he does come into her room and she's like, I'm right here, Indy. Take me, Indy. Yeah. And he's not focused on that at all anymore because now he's looking for the, for other shit going on. And it leads into the him groping the statue bit and her being offended about it, pushing it in, getting the clues, finding it really just top-notch stuff i think the whole way through one of the best parts of the movie is a that plus. whole sequence end to end that assassin reveal really is like maybe one of the best like dude comes from the shadows of all time oh, oh yeah God, I, I, love it. I agree with that that i mean i completely forgot about it and when i was watching it last night when he just pops out nowhere, it was like oh shit yeah it he, was he, he looks like he's painted on that wall and then he isn't God. anymore <laughs> he does uh mm -hmm. that that is such a great scene even i you were talking about sparks and i have to agree i love that scene i love the the comedy of it all where they're about to where their things are getting hot and heavy and then he just says oh, i'll tell you in the morning and she's like i'm not some i'm not like easy he's like i'm not easy either and then they're just sitting in each other's room thinking and she's just like it. waiting for him on the bed <laughs> like yeah. i it just it's i feel like that's something you see out of a high school comedy maybe or it's oh what? That is such a good point, Ben. Like, Indy is so much more of like, not like a, not like a, but like a, like a young flirt in this movie. Yes. With like yeah. Marion, he's an adult. With this, he gets to be. This is I, I messed up. This is the scene where he's like, like kiss he Isn't that in the? Uh, no, right? no, that's in Rage. Oh, okay. Never mind. Dang. And then never mind. I forget that point. But he's in his. He's in this like. It is like it is the, more like, bubbly. The, the, the nocturnal stuff. Like he's having. He is getting closer to Han Solo in this scene than I yes. think he ever does any other point in the Indiana Jones franchise, doing yeah. the like, well, I'm not easy either, sweetheart. Like, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like, we're riding into the Han Solo territory a little bit, but, like, he's also having fun. Yeah. Um, what, what I what I noticed about the scene is actually that he's kind of using his dorkiness. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, he, that, that's how it starts the, thank you Brandon because like also again I want you to finish what you're saying but like we do get a little bit more of the professor in this movie and it is like <laughs> nice when it's with like the Maharaja and he's pulling out the like but it's like now it's a, it's like he's Bruce Waning in Mm -hmm. Because like he's really trying to suss out the information about what they did to the village. The Maharaja, the little man. <laughs> uh, because he's he's using his like being recognized as a professor uh, to get in there and like I need to learn some questions. And he's like I'm I'm speaking purely theoretically and historically. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think and, and when when but when in that in that scene with Willie, what, what I what even I like about that se sequence is that he's he's able to use his. Um, he knows he's a sexy nerd. Yeah. And he, and he's, and he's bringing that kind of nerdy, that kind of nerdiness uh, to, to flirt with Willie. And I, and I, I really appreciate whenever Indiana Jones lets himself just be a dork. Right. Bring it sexy back. Yeah. Sorry. No, he's not bringing it back. He always had it. It's true. Um, he, he always had it. Something I find particularly special about temple of doom is the, 
the like call to action motivation for this story mm-hmm. because it's not even necessarily about the stone. It's about what it really becomes about. And what I think is like accentuated really well at the beginning of the movie. Is, what people believe. No, no, no. Um, that uh, they took the kids. Oh, the kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When he finds out they took, they took all the children. That's right. Um, and that really pisses him off. Yeah. Uh, and when you get like the kid coming back, like starved and falling in his arms and all that, like yeah, yeah. Indy's activated to want to, Good word. uh, <laughs> thanks. He's, he wants to save these kids. He's, he's really pissed off that on top of everything else, they took all these children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that these people are suffering because of it. And I think that that it, it does unlock this extra facet of Indiana Jones. Like, again, this is this, this more caring person. This is where I feel like his, his more altruistic, yeah, yeah, yeah. moralistic side yeah is present and makes me think of him in because, a particular way. Yes, because unlike Raiders, where he's like, yes, stopping Nazis is bad, but like he's not out to save anyone. He's out to like get an object. Here, he has an actual goal of like, oh, I'm here to get these rocks. Oh, I'm saving hundreds of children. That is a real, that is an actual goal. Screw this museum shit. I'm actually saving lives. This is like, oh, I, I am activation. Right, is like and really like again, work. and like yeah. I don't want the stone to take back somewhere else. Yeah, I could. Yeah, if he I, still needs, obviously, he's still gonna get the if stone. He had, like the if kids. he had more than one, he would. Sure. But if he only gets one, it goes back to the village and the kids go home. Yeah. yeah. So what's so interesting about, about that is that I think Indy's arc in this in this film is is great, honestly. Like, you know, there's a lot of talk about fortune and glory, and there's a lot of talk of um, you know, why do you why do you get into it, fortune and glory? Or what do you get out of it, fortune and glory? You know, there's there, that's kind of this this kind of this through line of it. And uh, at the end, Willie says, well, What about your fortune and glory? It's like, oh, you know. Uh, you know, he just kind of brushes it off because that's not what it's about anymore. And that that makes this film a really interesting prequel because it's we're seeing that kind of Indiana Jones care more about, you know, uh, um, uh, preserving rather than taking. Yeah. Whereas in the beginning of here, he's just kind of looking to get rich. Um, yeah. He obviously he's still he's still he's you know, he's still working as a professor. He's still probably ha- is talking to Marcus about a, about the museum, but he's more interested in kind of what that will cost and how that will be rewarding to him. Yes. And here and, and and as the movie progresses, we we see him move into where we see him in Raiders, where he primarily just cares about preserving the history that he's that he's yes. saving these artifacts for. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really wish. I don't mind this as a prequel. I wish this were a couple years, couple years more in the past because mm-hmm. I think him being more like grizzled, a little meaner, uh, almost like the Mandalorian arc, right? Like he will like you know fake pretend to hurt somebody. He won't actually do it. But like, I I like that arc. And if this were like three years ago instead of just one, I would buy him being a little more of a scumbag a lot more. Um, oh, yeah. That's just like I I like the idea of him like s- sanding off the rough edges in a prequel. I just wish I had a little more time further removed from Raiders. Yeah, I agree. I, with that. Yeah, I would I would say that as well. Um, and it wouldn't take much to change, right? You just change the date at the beginning. That's yeah, really exactly. all you got to do. Well, I think, uh, oh, go ahead, Ben. I want you sorry, to say something. I remember what my point was. Um, I I also want to say about how this movie does really show how selfish or selfless. He's not selfish. He's selfless. Indy can be. And Indy is because he mentions about how the three stones, the according to legend, they get close together. The diamonds start showing. And of course, really perks up. She's like, diamonds, diamonds, jewels, what? But because it's Indiana Jones, he's like, we need to get this. Just we need one stone. I like to have three, but we just need to get the one stone, even though there's a priceless diamond in it. And at the beginning of the movie, he was trying to get a priceless diamond. He gives it back to the village where it rightfully belongs. Even though Willie's saying, oh, it's just a rock. It's just this. But he's like, no, this is a very important piece of their culture. This is 
And even when he's trying to tell the village elder that Shiva didn't bring us down, we are playing Crash. And he's like, nope, Shiva did that. And he's like, you know, I'm not going to argue with you, but I am going to help you. And that, and to me, that just proves how, I mean, yeah, even though Indiana Jones can't be a bit of a scumbag, he is a hero. He is willing to help and he is willing to put his own fortune and glory to the side to make sure other people get what they need. Well, again, and like it happens in the same scene where he's learning about the taking of the stone and he knows the value of the stone. He knows how important these stones are. There's fortune and glory in him retrieving it. If he can bring one back, that's great. In the same scene, at the very end, he gets told they took the children and it changes him even. Then we get this focus shot on him where he's telling Willie that that's what they just said. And like, it's not a mistake that that becomes a primary focus of like children were taken in this situation. And also Indy has a child he has rescued with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Like those are two important factors of like who Indiana Jones is in this movie. So what you're talking about is so, so I, I, I brought up the idea that Indiana Jones is not, um, is kind of incidental to the, to the, to the, uh, to the quest of the arc in the first, in the first film. It was interesting about that. And the only interesting thing that I feel about, about that argument um is in regards to Temple of Doom because this is the only movie where this movie does not have the same outcome if Indiana Jones isn't a part of it. Sure. This is the this is the movie where he specifically changes the outcome of this story um because he is a part of it. And I find that so fascinating um that 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 is the case. Um because you're you're right that kind of ac- activation of like uh, <laughs> just now using that word um that he um that he wants to save these kids. It's really, it's really important to him that that whatever happens to the stones, it doesn't matter. It's got I, I have to save those kids. Um, and he and even like, has that moment with with short round at the top of the mountain, right? Um, right. Where he where he's talking about um, where short round's like so so, you know here's what here's what this kid happened. India has this moment. Where he's, is that call to action? India is India is trying to trying to avoid the call to action even in that moment. And then after after short round has finished telling him the story of what, of what this kid went through. He's like, I got to do it. No yeah. choice. Right. And like, and there's also an amount of like Indiana Jones knowing enough about the way the world is at this time where, because the castle is corrupted and the castle is saying, this isn't happening. That's all anyone else in the other outside of the world is going to hear. Yeah. Like he wouldn't have heard of it. If the ship hadn't crashed, the mm-hmm. plane hadn't crashed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, and he never would have been there. But yeah. he's there. Again, that's a fun serial thing right. of like, oh, I crash landed. It's a Doctor Who thing. It's it's serialized yeah, yeah, yeah. storytelling of like, I crash landed in this place. They have a problem. I'm going to solve it. I'm going to leave the place. That's the story. Right. Yeah. But this isn't it. one of those things where he's being recruited to a mission or like someone needs something specific found because of XYZ. Like this is something where Stumbled Jones on. Jones outside of falling into this situation wouldn't have been brought into it. Yeah. And, uh, and he knows it. And he knows that if it goes on, he's not going to hear about it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm gotta stop it uh we haven't talked about the minecart the one of the greatest sequences ever put the film this was originally gonna be in Raiders of the lost ark and they were like no room for it take it out of the script and uh it's incredible it still looks good today on 4k you can tell some of those people are dolls i don't care looks incredible still looks i don't i don't care either i want to put the donkey kong song behind it 
Oh, the entire time I'm like, man, DK, DK. Yeah, DK, D- uh, that that level sucks in that game, but the 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 minecart sequence is excellent. So it, so excellent. Like every 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 moment about it. I love I love the use of miniatures. Also, um, I, I know you brought it up briefly. Like like yeah, you when you know you can tell they're dolls, but when you don't, it, 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 it it's so, it's so quick that because they, they using the miniature specifically the doll, the doll miniatures. It's so smartly that when they're in the edit, you not, you don't quite catch them. They're used. So, 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 uh, so sparingly, but effectively um, to right. give you this, 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 the scale. Brandon, I'm happy to report even in 4k beautiful on a 4k television, all that, all that stuff. Like, you, you still can't like it doesn't ruin it not at all no um i actually completely forgot about the minecart scene when i was watching it last night and because when we got to the scene in the temple with kalima you know where short round tells indy that he's like you're my best friend i love you dude and breaks the spell and i actually thought indy even got his own heart ripped out of his chest that that's only one time because I because it's been so long, I I've been misremembering mm. scenes, and I was sure. like, "Wow, is this movie like really this short? It feels like we've only been here for like maybe an hour fifteen, and then the minecart scene happens. I'm like, "Oh, yo, this scene is rad. Yeah, it, is. it was it was intense. It was suspenseful. You love watching it. How they're able to twist and turn, and how Indy was able to use the stuff around him to cause problems for the carts behind him, and when the of course the famous time every time there's a minecart scene, the break the brake breaks, excuse the pun, and he has to stop it. And he's like, ow, my foot's on fire. <laughs> I love that. And water, 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 water. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so, his foot, it's so his funny. Feet, his feet would be destroyed. <laughs> I love his, his shoes. I love movies. Movies. Issues with there's, so, there's so many there's so many things about the Indiana Jones franchise that's so franchise that's so fascinating because like they break physics frequently like w- when you they fell out of the plane on this boat and then went through an entire 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 mountains mountain sequence and then into the into the water and waterfall they'd be dead like there's I no two it. ways about it. it they'd be dead I've I've remembered all that stuff that happens when when they like they fly in the in the in the, the floaty boat I didn't remember the waterfall I'm like oh this is this is nah, that's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot happening. Like, I love it. When the when the raft just flies off the edge and they land in the river, I'm like, oh, they're so dead. They're yeah. so dead. But of course, yeah, I mean, but because movies, because this is not just a movie; it's an Indiana Jones movie, and and you can break those kind of you can you can stretch those kind of lines. At, at one point, Willie is dangled over the the lava at the same like distance this. that the other guy was when he burst oh, into flames. Yeah, and yeah. then she drops further. <laughs> That's plot armor, baby. She, not only um, that, she must have like she must have scored really high to her heat resistance rolls. I really, I really like the the saving the children scene when they're all saving the children, and when and when Indiana Jones is fighting on the conveyor belt. I think it's an awesome hand to hand combat scene. Um, and, and then you know when it has the parallel that that Sparks talked about with um short round fighting the the mini Maharaja and the and Indy fighting the bigger guy. I think that's. That's that's awesome filmmaking. I I, I, love, I think that I sequence is awesome. I love the voodoo. You, you oh, know what? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, the voodoo's good. Um, but Indy doesn't believe in magic, guys. Um, true, all of it. Uh, uh, I what? something that stands out to me. This is true of both of these films. Um, damn, you know, extras are important. Yep, mm-hmm. like crowds are important. They make a thing feel feel very full of life um and ai can't replicate replicate it cgi can't replicate it like 
it feels so full of life and like even though we don't spend any time with like a lot of these kids you see they all matter oh yeah because because they are real people and like there's no scene that makes me feel the joy of them being released more than when they storm out through the castle oh, and they yeah. come across the Maharaja's table, just kicking the plates yeah! everywhere and, and and being smiling and happy and everything. And I'm like, I feel this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Yeah, I agree. I, mm-hmm. it, it, it is. Uh, the, there's also the bit at the, at, when they're towards the end of that sequence, when they're, when they're outside of the, the castle and they're like, you know, they like hold up their hands cause they, they've been underground for so long and they can't deal with the brightness, but they keep running. Great moment. Yeah. I do have one question though. Yeah. When Indy is fighting at the shrine of Kalima after he breaks the spell and all the cultists are on the other side of the chasm and they cheer, were they under a spell? Can I, can, I tell you, can I tell you 100%? Like, this is a problem in Raiders of the Lost Ark, too, is that I'm not always sure who the the crowd is on the side of. Yeah. Because, like, intermittently, it's like all of them seem to be with the Germans. And then later in Raiders of the Lost Ark, they're all against the Germans and hiding Indy. And, like, I don't know. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, they're all cheering him on when he goes riding on the horse. Or they're all chasing after him. Not clear. And here in Temple of Doom, like, um, I, I, I think that the fervor of the event has all—they've all awoken from their blood, their blood zombie mode. They're all cheering in the on. That's what my heart tells me. But I, the film does not actually tell tell me what no, it is. Because no, there's a shot of where the cultists are about to do something bad, and the entire crowd is like, "Yeah!" yeah. And then I, I can help you out real quick here. Think of them all as background characters in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. They are just here to see who falls in the lava. Yes, it's true. <laughs> okay. The original okay. background uh, screen. Um, but you're right. You're right. It's not clear. Both of those films have a lot of extras who like their association with our main characters I, is not evident. <laughs> I, I mean, to to um, to validate your point on having extras, you're 100% correct. Having actual real people on screen doing so many things does keep bringing impact. Like you were talking about the kids when they were on the table. Love it. It's just that when you said that, that brought me back because yeah, yeah. I looked over to Fanny and my fiance. I was like, are they cheering? We talked about it too. No, yeah. It was, it was just one of those moments. It's one of the, mo- okay. So go, thankfully it doesn't, obviously it doesn't ruin the movie. It's just one of those moments where you look at the person you're watching this with and go, what's going on here and you think about it for a little bit but then you stop and you start and you continue watching the film which the sequence after that still fantastic where this movie has value for me is uh, once again just to bring up what i talked about at the beginning of this discussion which is that uh short round in, in indiana's relationship is uh, incredible um yeah. and it always has been i i you know i have always I've always adored it and and um Ryan I believe brought it up already but I, it bears repeating the um the moment where short round gets Indy uh snaps Indy out of it and he and uh by burning him and and saying Indy I love you um and it, it's such such a powerful moment um and and you you really you really feel and you really feel that because it up until this moment, they have so so successfully built up Indiana and Short Round's relationship, um, and, and to have that moment pay it off is, is truly truly special and incredible. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think I think Willie, 
clearly is not is not uh, is not like a Marion. Like she she's not gonna she her and Indy would not would not last. Right? They would have they would have a fling like this. Like they'd have a summer romance, and then Indy would go off, and she'd be like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "I'm going over here." And he's like, "Oh, but I'm doing singing over here. You don't want to see me sing." Well, she even says at the end, like she wants nothing to do with his bullshit. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like. This now, is totally again like a James Bondy thing of like, yeah, we had two weeks that were really hot, and then I'll see you later. Now that said, everything I said about Willie stands. I've not changed my mind, but that whip move at the end is sexy as hell. Sure. Yeah, that that is a pretty good move. That's a uh, that, that that is that is damn sexy. We need to talk about the most important gag that I forgot happened in this movie, and that you also uh, I also forgot, forgot, which is um. When Mola Rom rolls away through a trap door from oh Indiana gosh. Jones at the shrine, and he goes, <laughs> "Yeah, it is right. out through a trap door and disappears." Um, it's I forgot that happened. Yeah, it's specifically funny because it's not a giant trap door; it is a human-sized trap door that you have to be laying down to perfectly fall through. So this dude has been planning this moment his entire life. Where he's like, "Finally, my he's, trap door!" He's genuinely, <laughs> he's genuinely laughing out of joy that he finally gets to use yeah. this trap. That was so funny. I would be willing to bet that when he when that actor was laughing, he wasn't laughing about his like in character. He's like, that was him laughing because he's like, I get to use the trapdoor. This is awesome. (laughs) So yes. Incredible, incredible comedy. And I don't mean to yuck anybody's yum, but the villains don't work for me in this movie. Sure. Uh, I I find I don't find them as compelling as say Belloc. Um, Well, because because like everybody's just brain controlled people until except for Mola Ram. Yeah. Right. And so when he comes into the movie, I feel like it's kind of too late. Yeah. Oh, no, um, I go ahead. No, no, I was actually going to completely agree with you because Raiders of the Lost Ark in Bullock and in the Nazis, you have these villains or these group of villains that you are constantly running or trying to get away from or trying to think two steps ahead. Whereas um, the cult, the head cult is just shows up. And he's there for the rest of the movie. I'm like, yeah, and no, that's I, not I kinda... to say, by the way, that's not to say, by the way, I don't love what he's doing. I think that performance oh, yeah. is very fun. And I, oh, I, yeah. I, Kali Ma is iconic. Um, I think he looks great. And as, as Spark said, that comedy moment is incredible. Um, dress. But I think, I... I think that, I think he shows up too late in the movie. Uh, and, and, and because of that, he just kind of falls a little flat for me. I, th- I don't agree with that. Because I think if he showed up any earlier, it would just drag the movie because mm-hmm. he wouldn't be more complex or any more rich by being in the movie earlier. He would be mm-hmm. the same. There wouldn't be any new. And the reason I say that is because it's not just based on like the script for this film. It's based on like he is, for better or worse, completely lifted from like 20s radio serial i went to an exotic place and here's the voodoo cult leader he mm-hmm. is he is that to a 100 t like there is no more depth to him than that he is that guy uh and like cool like you know you're you're doing a send-up of those particular stories you want to do this guy 100 this is that guy 100 he's he's not more, any more complex than that i will I, well, i'm gonna agree with you um you know in I, I do like the villain, but I do agree. Like again, like he he doesn't have as much screen time uh, or, or as much development as our as our Nazi villains. Mm-hmm. Um, but like at the same time, I think this movie was specifically not trying to do anything that the first movie did. Well, I was really sure. 
uh, sure, and, and I and I and I will I'll concede that as well. Um, but the 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 thing that kind of doesn't necessarily work for me is isn't necessarily isn't just that he shows up too late in the movie. It's that, it's that there's really nothing more to him as Sparks was as Sparks was saying. That's kind of a flaw for me, not a feature. Um, and when and and I kind of feel like if maybe we you know because we we kind of have this passing of the villains uh, when we first meet the the Maharajas. Um, and this is just kind of how I read the movie. And, and um, but when we first meet the Ra- the, Ma- the guy, the Maharaja guy, uh, not the Maharaja himself, but the guy who's yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. If that was revealed to be Malaram, I feel like that's a better kind of villain for us to kind of like hang on to. But because sure, sure. it because we get that character and then he disappears until way later in the movie, yeah. um, uh, and then we have Malaram from, from, from then on. Um, it just kind of doesn't quite jive for me. Yeah, I, I, I 100%, re- I 100% hear that, and I do think I, it, it doesn't bother me. But I do think that British guy who we are first introduced to, who is a cult member way later on, mm-hmm. I do think he needs to be in the movie more for for that to kind of matter. But mm-hmm. again, like, uh, uh, f- for me, like the villains, like this is more about like. Not that the first movie is about the Nazis, but they are more characters. This movie, we have more of a hero cast than a villain cast because mm-hmm. we're focusing more on our heroes. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to spend way more time on these villains because they're just cockamamie, silly villains. If we spend more time with Mola Ram, that dude just cackling a lot. I don't like. I don't need more of him personally. So like, he's a Scooby Doo villain. He's a Scooby Doo villain. <laughs> I do think we do. We need more of the British guy whose name I don't even know. But Chatter like, Lol. And so like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's not the British guy. He is Indian. Indian, he's, sorry, he's the sorry. guy criticizing the British guy that's there. Got it. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry, got but but like it's he's not Indian in yes, casting. Yes, but he's, I, the, he's the Indian guy. Okay, so I'm not totally off. <laughs> so honest. like, but but Ch- Chatter Lal, uh, uh, he he, I agree with. He's weaker than I agree yeah. with you in the sense like when when he's introduced, he's kind of like playing mind chess with Indy. Yeah. Um, and playing with his again his Bruce Waning professor bit where he's trying to get information and it does make it like kind of weaker that later Chatter Lal is just revealed to be another ooze dripped cultist guy yeah. um, working under Mola Ram and I agree with Brandon that either he could have been revealed as Mola Ram or he could have been his own Belloc and yeah. Mola Ram could have remained as like pretty much as developed as he is which is pretty much the same amount of development that our uh, black-cloaked Nazi guy gets in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, right. And he could just be that guy. He could be the second guy instead of, like, the main guy. Right, right. yeah, that's, yeah. that's all. The guy, the guy who's, like, scary and intimidating, but not the guy who's, like, doing the mind shit within me. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. I, I have uh, one, one other note, which is... Um, uh just a specific comedy beat the way that they do willie hanging up the drying clothes and she's picking up a piece and she's drying it she's picking up a piece and she's drying it she picks up a vampire bat and it screams oh, at her. Yeah. it's very very funny i really like yeah uh that whole sequence of her discovering more and more animals i love uh in the opening sequence like just the the meal that she's getting keeps getting worse and worse before oh. it's just monkey brains like uh oh. I, I think willie's that snake dish like, Oh, Her reactions so are, are, I think, are Ryan, Ryan and I had to talk about this while we were watching it, which is like, I'm like, I, I concede to you that like they're supposed to be the bad guys. And I'm like, I get it. So the bad guys eat a bunch of gross stuff. I get it. But yeah. I'm like, we could have put like a couple of actual Indian dishes on the table here, guys. We didn't have to make it all look like their exoticism is absolutely disgusting. And yeah. this is what all Indian people eat all the time. It's just like heinous shit because that's just not accurate. Yeah. Right. I'm just, I, even when I was watching, I was like, 
can we please have some curry? one good curry plate being passed around the just, table amongst just, the rest of this would have been nice just okay. one good curry plate or even some tikka masala can with I, jasmine rice is that too much to ask can, can i can i real quickly like what's 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 so interesting to me about that sequence is that we have the it's almost like we have two movies playing out playing out at one time right sure. we've, we've got indiana jones playing his mind chess game with the other guy and then we have and the, and the the british the british colonel is is in that is in that movie and then we have the rest of the table in a completely different movie which is the slapstick comedy look how funny foreign food is that we can't eat it and and i think that i think a lot of the comedy complete with the guy sitting across who's like you don't like chilled monkey brains (laughs) (laughs) and i wonder i wonder i have such this time i was watching this i was like where did those guys come from that's a, that's a shadow council. Where where were, where did those guys come from, and where did they go after the dinner? That's Are they part of the cult? Adventure. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, you're 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 right. You're absolutely right. Another thing that struck me in this one is I'm like, why is the British Colonel even here? <laughs> to 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 do the end to the, to 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 save them in the end. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> and like it's it's nice for like the colonial like acknowledgement of its thing in india but he's also like put in the position where like he's the heroic guy again you know yeah, like yeah. and it's not like nothing chatter law says about the british in that scene is wrong no no <laughs> but it's like it's it's being given to us like it's the bad guy perspective and i'm like this is kind of weird yeah <laughs> like and it, the worst guy you know is making some good points yeah, yeah like nothing here of, is wrong yeah watching this movie i was rem- i was reminded of what little his uh, world history i know between india and england i was like yeah the british were there for a very long time so he's he's really only there to save indiana at the end of the movie and i i and i want i i want to say two things real quickly that i completely forgot to to speak on which is i think the the final fight sequence um the final action sequence with the bridge and all that it's all really good um i really i really like that sequence a lot i think I think just because you brought it up, like the whole final sequence, uh, essentially of like wrapping up the story with the bad guys, the showdown sequence. I I do kind of like that more than just the end of Raiders. I like the end of Raiders for what it is, but I do. It does feel like Raiders kind of like slows itself down yes. into a, a thoughtful ending, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I do mm-hmm. kind of like getting the full blown action adventure ending here. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And uh, the other thing is this film won an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, and it deserves it because the VFX in this movie looked awesome. Oh, sure. we didn't talk about Raiders, which won a bunch of Oscars. Oh, yeah. uh, one of the only genre movies, like, every couple years we get one of these, you know, like The Lord of the Rings and Avatar. Like, it was nominated for everything, and it won all the technicals and, like, Best Director, uh, but but none of, no actor got nominated. And, so. it, and again, Temple of Doom, another incredible John Williams score, but that's true of all the indie films, mm-hmm. I assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a moment in this there's a moment in this in the score that since you brought it up I was I was I was actually not going to do this but there's a moment in the score that sounded exactly like it was the chanting and it sounded exactly like I think the Phantom Menace du- Duel of the Fates or mm-hmm. um or or the or the, Re- the Revenge of the Sith Well uh, I'll tell I'll tell you what Brandon we'll revisit it in a couple months there Do you, you know go. how many times I'm going to watch these damn movies in the next couple of months at least, to the score. at least 4 um anyway yeah that's all i got anything else i'm just glad everyone here like enjoys it on some capacity because like again like growing up like i remember like this being like the ugly stepchild and i'm like i i I like dark shit so like i I also it's cool i am also really glad i cut my mood has definitely kind of changed on 
on Temple of Doom because like Brian said for the longest time I was very anti Temple of Doom I would watch mm-hmm. Raiders or I watch watch Last Crusade and I never really want to watch Temple of Doom because when I first saw it I mean I will admit I was younger and also the movie kind of bored me in some parts I thought the movie dragged Rewatching it again it does not drag it is a very fun film uh, it is very dark um, but also it's I like it I like it a lot I it's still unfortunately just years of raiders and last crusade just you know living in my head rent free and just saying this is these are really great adventure films it it's not my favorite but i will still put it in high regard it's like yeah if you're gonna watch indiana jones or if you're gonna watch the indiana jones films definitely take the time and put and put on temple of doom it really is worth your time it's not the worst rank it's not the worst i would say eight eight out of ten eight wow yeah i it's up it's up there Nine. Nine. I also say nine. I will say seven. Um, Okay. So that's, that's that everyone. Uh, So that's the first two Indiana Jones films. And uh, uh, we have two more to go uh, before the dial of destiny comes out. Uh, The second two Indiana Jones, the last crusade and Indiana Jones, the kingdom of crystal skull will be in a couple of weeks, tentatively on an episode. So stay tuned. We'll keep you guys posted obviously and then um, it'll be its own cinephile so if you don't you know like however you're going to engage with it it'll be there yeah 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 and, uh around around that time also stay tuned for mission impossible episodes we're going to be going through the mission impossible franchise once again got a lot of movies to watch yeah once again like, because they're all they're like these are all good we're all watching good shit so it's okay um so that'll so so but that'll do it for the first two indiana jones films um indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark and indiana jones and the temple of doom um Uh, real quick just real quick it's raiders of the lost ark that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) raiders of the lost ark it will always in my brain forever it's raiders of the lost ark the next one is indiana jones and temple do you feel the same way about episode four in my heart, I do. Okay, but oh, but it, that is that is I, that ship has sailed. That shit, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm upside nine. I can't do anything about that one. Uh, <laughs> I, I much for the same reason why it stars episode four. It's Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark in my heart. Yeah. Um, oh, I get it. I get it. You know what? In my heart, Kalima. <laughs> I said in my heart, Kalima. That's so true. Yeah. All right, so that's everyone. I'm protecting my heart. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to you like I'm Doctor Who. Um, like so, so that'll do it, everyone. Um, so, so stay tuned for a bunch of so for a bunch of those franchise discussions, and as well as the next two Indiana Jones films. Um, until then, of course, you can check out all sorts of cool stuff from this show. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel, uh, find us on all the on all the Fickner podcast social medias. Um, uh, we we you know we have plenty of shows you can check. Oh, are you okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> we can check out all sorts of shows on this channel. Uh, if you like this video, subscribe to this channel. Uh, you can check out, um, uh, there's Fickner's Watch. Fickner's Watch is a show where we do a bunch of TV shows. Currently, we're going through Star Trek Picard, Season 3, and Star Trek, sorry, Star Wars The Mandalorian, Season 3. Star Show, both the Star Shows. Um, stay tuned for more of those. Then there's Basement Arcade, which is a video game sh- uh, series. Basement Arcade Pause Mini, which is a video game discussion series. New episodes are out now. You can check out quarterly and um, stuff like that. However, whenever this comes out, this could be out. This also could be outdated. Um, so, a um, little bit, a little, little bit. bit. Um, and then you can also check out. Uh, there's 
uh, shows we have? Animation Station, Fake Nerd Book Club, and our new show, which we mentioned at the at the show, The Real Score. If you guys like Indiana Jones, there's plenty more Indiana Jones content coming to the Fickner Podcast channel, including on The Real Score, um, where we're going to be discussing uh, the Indiana Jones films uh, yeah. there at- with our friend Jeremy oh. Bellucci. Yeah, real quick, like at the time that this is out, like so is our Mask of Zorro Real Score. So please go check that out. Um, and next is King Kong. 1933. I love Peter Jackson. And then Indy, and it's Indy for three months straight. So get ready for Indiana Jones. Guys, I love Indiana Jones, and I'm so happy to be doing Indiana Jones episodes on almost every single one of our shows. Man, you all should have scheduled those things closer together so you didn't have to rewatch them so close together. <laughs> we, we, so uh, I'll tell you real quick, we deliberated this for a long time. And the reason the Indiana Jones episodes are where they are is because we needed to put uh, the Dial of Destiny episode one month past uh the release of the film so we had enough time to actually consume it and think about it got it understandable and we didn't want to spread them out too far we wanted them all to be in no i get it you don't want to spread them out you don't want to spread them i get it uh just real quick because i'll plug it because we're talking about real score i do know that like part of the reason that we're doing it that way is because jeremy came at it with i think a very right-minded concept where like we're talking about the trilogy in a single episode because john williams was at a point in his career where all his music was he was working with the same conductor um so his music sounds a particular way Mm -hmm. and when you get to kingdom of the crystal skull, it's obviously a lot of time later and he is with a different conductor. It is a different era of his music. So there's a different sound to it. And we're kind of assuming the same is going to be true for dial of destiny though. We don't actually know that yet. Yeah. Um, so, so stay tuned. Uh, lots more of that discussion will be coming, um, there, um, as well as other things that I really hope that really help come to fruition. Um, my series conversation is probably out at this point, right? Right. First episode of that probably out by this point. Should be. Um, so you can check out that's only audio. Sorry. Um, you can check out my first episode with Karis Lunn, uh, the journey into fandom podcast, a lot of really good discussion. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah, that's all those things. Of course you can, of course you can check out the Fickner podcast guys. You can never forget the Fickner podcast It is the show where everything comes from. It is our mothership show. This last episode, we talked about Renfield probably. Um, no, uh, this last episode, we talked about evil dead rise probably. Um, so Brentfield, Evil Dead Rise, all of those are, are there. Um, and there's, I don't, I can't, I don't know what's next, but stay tuned for whatever that is. We're going to be uh, talking about insert title here. <laughs> yes. Um, and I can't wait for insert title here. Um, so the, um, yeah, so that, of course, like this video, subscribe to this channel, uh, find us on all the social medias at Fickner podcast, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, Fickerpodcast.com. If you'd like to get, uh, support us financially, it's on the Patreon and it's on the T public, which are linked below as well as on our website. Um, by the way, um, probably at this time, I'm still having, there's still some trouble with the website. Um, I am still working on it. Um, it's going to be a long fix though, but it is, it is up. It is, it is there for people to find it. Um, and if you'd like to get in touch with us personally, hey, I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for CBR.com, KaijuRamenMedia.com. Uh, Latest issue is out of Kaiju Ramen Magazine, um, where we uh, were Big King Kong episode. Uh, big episode. Um, big King Kong are, uh, uh, issue. I have an article in there. Check it out, please. And I also write for AtomicGeekdom.com, where I've got a few places that you can check out. And where can people find you? Well, you can find me possibly buying a new Indiana Jones hat if I ever go back to Disneyland at BenMag27 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. <laughs> you can also find me uh, writing for um, 
Fusion Gaming Magazine, Old School Gamer Magazine, GoNintendo.com, as well as playing Mary Frankenstein on the DN Dark podcast. Sparks? Uh, you can find me wondering, at this point, wouldn't you rather just buy yourself a really nice fedora that like really looks like the real thing rather than a Disneyland Parks one? At Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan? You could find me um, scratching my beard, contemplating the weight of some golden idol that I'll definitely get wrong. At DJ Tony Snark, 616. All right, guys. Once again, like this video, subscribe to this channel, subscribe to us on all the... On all the um audio feed to find us and until next time you see us guys stay fake nerds Watch.